0: Search. Each man different. Living his own way. Searching. Discovering. Numero uno.
1: Welcome, BBCs, to episode number 149 of the Broken By Concept podcast, the number one solo queue motivational podcast. Diving straight in today, Curtis. We like to waste no time getting into the details of understanding our solo queue ranked improvement journey here on the podcast. We're going to be doing a bit of a React section straight up off the bat here, where this is a clip from um, this other podcast called Steak and Eggs. It's got like a bunch of big streamers on there, people we wouldn't really know because you know we're we're League of Legends enthusiasts, Curtis. We're you know we're not variety streamers, but uh, one person we do know here is the uh, really popular recently, Doctor K. Um, I think we've talked about his content a little bit yeah. in the past. It's been com- a long
2: time, actually, since we've mentioned Dr. K.
1: A lot of the people in our community sort of watch him as well mm. because fantastic stuff around. He's a Harvard psychiatrist, um, and he basically helps the gaming community with like mental health stuff and psychology and understanding our psychology. So great content. Uh, and there's a little section they had about League of Legends here. So Curtis hasn't seen this, but we'll sort of, you know, this is sort of just a, a live reaction for Curtis, I guess. So we'll get into the clip here at about a minute, 30 seconds. But that's
0: something that's scientific, but it's certainly a vibe. So, so there's all kinds of cool science. So uh, I saw an interesting study recently that there's people tested different cognitive domains uh-huh. and cognitive flexibility. So it's not like attention or focus or memory. Cognitive flexibility is the only thing that correlates with rank in League of Legends. So mm. the more cognitively flexible you are, the The better you like, there's like they've they've done st- So, Like if you can think in different
2: types of like paradigms.
0: Yeah. So okay. if you kind of like, so just a simple example, right? So if you, if y'all are not challenger tier, no. chances are it's because of your teammates, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> yeah. And, I and, suck. Right. That's what you were so saying so you yeah, just, of just get just get <laughs> stuck, right? So if like if if, you're, if I'm playing a game and I lose, it's because my you know noob jungler or whatever whatever the position is in League of Legends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unlucky. Right. So they, they didn't gank the lane and their their enemy jungler ganked me and my our jungler didn't do anything. So in that moment you get locked into this particular idea, right? And like this is the real tragedy if you play games, at least I I'm like this now. I didn't used to be. Yeah. I used to get better at games. I don't anymore. No. <laughs>
1: My, I just to, get no, just, I just oh, get 100. worse, right? So, yeah. like, I'll play
0: a game, like, i I pe- played, like, probably 1,300 hours of Dota mm-hmm. and 1,500 hours, and, like, my rank just steadily goes down. Yep. And most people, like, who play games, like, we just kind of suck. And we're not going to get better. And it's because we don't, we're not cognitively flexible about why we win or we lose, right? We don't think about it critically.
1: All right, so I had to look up what mm. cognitive flexibility is here, Curtis, all right? Because I don't know these scientific terms, so basically he was saying there that they actually did a study. Um, it's probably a good idea to actually get up the study, but I don't actually have the study up here. But I'm <laughs> gonna, I'm going to trust Doctor K here because he's a half a psychiatrist. Okay. But basically he's uh, yeah saying that league rank is the if you're more cognitive flexible, you're typically a higher ranking League Legends. So let's look at what cognitive yeah, flexibility what is, is. So this is a Google search here. Cognitive flexibility enables an individual to work efficiently t- to disengage from a previous task and reconfigure a new per- response set and implement this new response set to the task at hand. So that's, a, it's a I think, a, a harder way of saying I think I found another definition here. Okay. Um, So an example of cognitive flexibility is you can take a walk around the block, go on your lunch break earlier than usual, or go see one of your peers to ask about their day. Think of it as pressing pause on your thoughts. You're pressuring your brain to stop worrying, redirect, and focus on something else. And there's one here about the workplace specifically. I think this is more in line with what we do in League of Legends Mm. is... It's essentially the brain's ability and ease to switch one's thinking or to train or train of thought from one task to another in order to respond or adapt to new stimuli. Hmm. So we talk a lot about in League of Legends, how adaption, adaption that's what we're doing yeah. all the time. Right. We've got all Being this information like coming. We might. Have, yes. Bruce Lee. He's that different definition there. Put little, him in front of Tom Brady. Yep. He's uh, Bruce Lee's taken over the episode today. Yep. Um, Yeah. And it sort of makes sense for league, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Isn't that interesting? I've actually done a study and that, yeah, if you're more cognitive flexible, so, so I guess the opposite. So if you're cognitive, unflexible, if I actually think about some of my uh, students that I work with in Solta that have a hard time, I've mentioned Philip before on the podcast about sometimes their, their brain sort of wide in a way, way where, it's about rules and they're really rigid and they love the rules that I sort of say, but I always say in league, like, you know, there's so many guesses, structural rules, but rules are made to be broken in league. Really. A lot of my coaching is, is like, you're got to be aware of these things, but specifically in this situation, you might have to navigate a bit differently. That's where I think the cognitive flexibility is really kicking in. There's something really bugging me here though. Um, and I, I can't get past it. Okay, I'm Curtis. really trying. This is a live now. reaction. You're yeah. Be honest reaction here, Curtis.
2: Like I get this icky feeling in me when, it, so I I love that. It, it makes sense, right? I think it's quite. You know, I'm not a I'm not a psycho. I'm, again, I'm not a psych major or anything. I'm not a Absolutely psychiatrist. Not. I don't really understand this stuff that well, mm. but it does make sense, right? Someone being being able to not hold on to particular thoughts and being ready to adapt to what's quickly happening quickly straight away new train of, quickly, thought, yes. new train what's of next? thought
1: that's why we say in the beginning like what's next what's that's next that's very what's useful next?
2: right that's very very useful for legalism because there are so many situations that you're going to be within you can't be you can't be rigid in the way you think the win condition can change just like that yep. there goes okay you had a fed 80 carry or oh, yep. they died twice all right now now what's next what do I need what's my role in the game now but this I get that that makes sense to me, but the second half of that where he was kind of talking about like I played dota and I've just got worse, and then there are some people that can do that, and some people who can't look i don't i don't know I don't know how that works i and and I could be completely wrong, maybe there is some massive biological factor in certain people's brains are wired like that, and I'm sure that does exist. But in my experience, and just from what I've seen working with people, that's very rarely the case. I actually think, I think those biological factors are by far and out an outlier. Like I feel like if you're biologically wired in a particular way to not develop cognitive flexibility, like I feel like that's rare in my mind. I think you, my intuition tells me that there's no way someone can't improve upon cognitive flexibility.
1: Our brains are pretty good.
2: Our brains are very good, like and 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 like you know. I think it's very dangerous to assume that we can't. Yeah, because he was kind of talking towards the end. The way he worded that was like, "You're either cognitively flexible or you're not." It reminds me of that um that thing where I was listening to a Joe Rogan episode, and Joe Rogan was saying how you know he was at the doctor's, and then he was saying about how he wasn't flexible, and then the doctor, the literally the doctor said. Oh yeah, some people are just naturally flexible and some people aren't. Some people can just do the splits and some people can't. And Joe Rogan was like, that's bullshit. Because he w- w- he's like, I know someone that was the most unflexible person. He sat there and stretched every day after the gym for like two hours. And then within like three months or whatever, he could do the splits. He's like, he literally said, that's bullshit. Like that's actually bullshit. And like, that's that's my intuition. And again, I can't sit here and stand on a pedestal saying that that's the case. Because again, I'm, I I know fucking nothing. I could yeah. be completely
1: delusional. You're really on the growth mindset here, I'm really- the
2: growth mindset and even if that wasn't the case I would love to believe that it was possible and like and again I I've, I've worked with clients that you would think are they have the most fixed mindset least adaptable personality ever but that doesn't mean you can't change and I feel like that's where your mindset really kicks in and I feel like this way I love Dave, David Goggins it's like that guy was so fucked up mm. and his situation was so messed up and he was pigeonholed into a specific way of thinking and like just it's so convenient to just give up and label yourself I am uh, my name is Curtis and I am cognitively inflexible <laughs> unflexible
1: yeah. you know it's like fuck yeah. off
2: I don't want to yeah. think like that and so so like I, I resonate with half of it and yeah. I, may, I get it
1: well he did say at the end is that people don't think about why they win or lose which is hugely but that's true but you can true. fix
2: that yeah you can D- fix like, that but that's the okay, truth but what that's is that okay so let's again I want to use that flexibility as a stretching mm. metaphor a little bit here mm. as, as an analogy sorry so let's say I am naturally cognitively unflexible. Okay. Let's say I haven't developed that. Or I've I've just the way my life has panned out, I haven't needed to be cognitively flexible, or I haven't been taught to be cognitively flexible. I haven't been ushered in that direction. So therefore, when I play League, when when something doesn't go my way or I die early, I am stuck in a rut. And I'm like, oh, that sucks. I'm, you know, screw my jungler. He's entered my lane. This game's over. I just want to go next and queue up again. Maybe that is my initial instinct, and that probably is the initial instinct for majority of league players, right? Hence, why the majority of you know that's why the, there is the, the distribution of the, the players themselves, right? I'm assuming that's a contributing factor. Um, now, that doesn't mean I can't get a. It's like I can't, maybe maybe someone comes into my life and then says, "Hey, man, um, so what actually happened here?" Oh yeah. Oh uh, yeah. This is why you died. Okay. And like, like a, like a coach or a mentor a role model, whatever, or a friend that is maybe, maybe a little bit more cognitively flexible, but like, and then he says, Oh, but you know, off this death, you could have actually just minimized play weak side right now. And then you're going to win through top side. And then like, so what that's done in my mind, the way I've, I think of that is like that's opened a new paradigm in that guy's mind. It's like, Oh, Oh yeah. that, that, that That's actually true. I, I actually did kind of contribute to this loss and I, and this game actually was actually kind of winnable and there was actually things for me to do. Now, that doesn't mean he's immediately cognitively flexible and like yes, I can do that now perfectly next game. But it means he's slightly, it's like it's like you're pushing in that person in the direction to be more open-minded about the possibility that they could win the game, right? Now, I want to tie that back to the stretching analogy. Just because someone stretches for two hours once after the gym doesn't mean they can do the splits. doesn't mean immediately they are a flexible person. To be flexible, you've got to do a lot of stretching and you've got to train that over a long period of time. So tying back again to the league analogy, you do that, that exercise of someone helping you see the alternative, see how you're contributing to game sense, get you to use your says to identify your role in the composition, ask high quality questions. Every single time you do that, you are training your brain to be more flexible just like a muscle. I believe the brain is a muscle. You can train it to to, I guess, uh, to think in a different way. And I read something ages ago um, in a book that actually spoke about how, I mean, again, these are all models. And we actually had this conversation today off camera about, I was listening to another podcast, a Lex Freeman episode with this guy who was into AI. And he said, you know, we forget that we have models for everything, right? We have a model for learning. Like these, all those models for learning that we spoke about recently—the the, the competence hierarchy—and there's all these different models for learning. At the end of the day, a model is just an oversimplification. It's just a simplification of what the learning process actually is, because we don't actually understand how the brain works, right? A model is just a simplification. It's just a generalization. Something that conveniently allows us to understand how something works at a basic level, right? And so. So tying back to this, it's like um Oh fuck, I lost my train of thought there. But um tying back to this, I just I just believe that, you know, if you do this enough and you train that 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 flexibility, you you can become cognitively, I I would believe that you could become cognitive flexible. I just think it's bullshit. Oh yeah, sorry, my initial train of thought was I read something that said how um when you do something a lot, you're actually strengthening the neurons, that part, that neural pathway to kin- the, those specific neurons get strengthened, right? So let's say a habit, that's what a habit is. You're actually- Muscle memory. Yeah, that's what muscle memory. You're actually strengthening those specific neurons so that you can do that task very efficiently. And that's what muscle memory is, right? But if you want to replace a habit, you can't just unlearn a habit. So the way he spoke about it, this, this guy, I can't remember if it was like a scientist or some some dude, his, his model was that- Imagine it like a trench, like a groove in the ground. If you if you tread, if you walk through a forest and a bush like a bushwalk, and you go over that that same path, let's say a hundred times, there'll be a very well-treaded path. But let's say you know, you want to take a different path, and you you kind of go through the bush in a different direction. There is no, you have to be bushes swinging in your face and shit like that. It'll be really hard for you. Have to get a like, do the Indiana Jones, get machete. a get a machete and all that stuff. It'll be hard, right? But you do that again and again and again, there will be another path there. And the goal to undo or to replace that other habit or that other path is to make that new path more well worn
1: than the other one. Like just keep going over, just by keep going over it, yeah. and so you you so dig. So you still have the you still have the old trails you're going. You still the but, remnants of it, but I'm still going. It's, yeah, it still exists. It still but exists. I've created this new one. You're creating
2: a new one, and your goal is to make that new path like over deeply, more well worn, yeah, more like easier, technology. more convenient yeah. for you to tread. So there is remnants of that, path and it's still there. It's like a scar. That neuron is still strengthened, but you're, you're conditioning, you're strengthening a new neural pathway to replace that muscle memory. You can't, so what he's, his theory, his model, which is again, we don't really understand how the brain actually works. We have only models for it, was that you're just, you need to, to develop a more deeply uh, embedded a more deeply grooved, pathway. And so when it comes to this sort of stuff, I just feel like our convenient, the the, the the system ones, our default response for League of Legends, when you get behind, when something unfortunate happens, maybe that's just the way our society has functioned, the way we we are raised as, as, as people, and the way the schooling system works is that when shit gets hard, our default response is get me out. You don't have to do that. Here's a pat in the back. You don't need it. Like my my parents said, if you're bad at English, you don't need to read that book. I'll read it for you. Or if you're bad at math. Just don't do it. Just do something else. You're, you're good at something else, right? So our default response is, fuck it. I don't need to do it. So in league, when you die, rather than being curious as to why you're shit at this thing and try to figure out and problem solve and get into the details, it's like... I can just blame someone else. I can just blame society. I can just blame the government. I can just blame whatever it is, the schooling system or the teacher or this guy pissing me off in the classroom rather than taking responsibility for my own learning. Right? So, so, but instead you can train that. I believe you can train that and shift that mindset and, and buy through high quality questions. A role a role model, a mentor, a teacher, a coach. Mm, you, see what, you see what I Some mean?
1: some aspirational
2: getting inspiration from people that have done it who are cognitively flexible it's not like we're all humans at the end of the day it's not like this person over there is just like got a magical brain and i have a shit brain like that's just i just i just don't i just I love the growth mindset i
1: just get getting our listeners excited okay let's bring it back to league of legends a really practical way let's say someone dies and they give up they have they've got the habit of giving up a lot a practical way of training that is yet yeah, saying what's next What's next? Just get in the habit. Like maybe even have like a little stick. I've had uh, clients in the past where like we do stick it notes on their, their monitor of like, okay, what's next? They just have to like keep looking. Oh, that's actually what I got to say to myself. And then again, then you're slowly building that new path. And you're going to you're gonna eventually, you're still going to have that given up. You're probably going to still be giving yeah. up a lot, but you're slowly going to be building that new That is
2: literally path. identical. I, I had this question, the exact same question today, last night, sorry, where someone said, Curtis... You know, I'm, I, I, I get frustrated after my losses and I just want to give up or whatever. It is. I get ranked anxiety, or whatever. Dude, I st- like I still fight my brain every day to not focus on the LP. When I play solo queue and I see the juicy whatever amount of LP, yeah. my, my, <laughs> my my I can tell there's that old pathway that I want to go down. Like, yeah, it's oh there. My, yes, I'm yeah. that close away to rank one or I'm this close to here and I'm yeah. that, that, that. Yeah. Like I have that. It's still there. It's yeah. remnants of it. But now I've train my brain to be like okay Kurt let's come back over here how did you contribute to this game what from this game is replicated? what is my
1: decision making
2: how did I use my lol states did I I think about the wing like like I've got a set of high quality questions that get me into the details that just piss it that off it distracts you just, it's a distraction it's, a it's like yeah. again we people assume that when they watch this podcast we're just two aliens here that are just <laughs> that just don't have a negative thought when they, they die
1: or when they lose or, or when they play League or when someone they get frustrated when someone does something that they didn't want them to do in the game
2: that's right it's like we only focus on the improvement there's no such thing as LP <laughs> you know it's like no dude we're not robots we feel the yeah. exact same as you but we, yeah. can, we are able we just developed that yeah. skill over for a long period of time people talk about Curtis. i can't look at my gameplay because it hurts my ego i was this it took me years yep. literally years. i was even a high level player and i, got, I felt sick looking at my game
1: i was doing salty i was reviewing my games in 2020 no reviewing my clients games but this is when i said i was stuck in diamond i was not again i was the exact same I was literally helping people get better at the game and I couldn't review my own games because I was like, well, I was an ex-Challenger player in mm. season three. I'm, I just need more games to get high elo. And then I was never going into the details at all.
2: So Nathan, you're cognitively inflexible. You're screwed, right? Yep. <laughs> I should just put <laughs> myself just in that little box. Put yourself in that little box. and Just give up, dude. You can't. You're just going to go down.
1: Yeah. I do need to defend Dr. K here, Curtis, because I don't know if he... He never actually mentioned the word of cognitive inflexibility. I think it was more so they're just better at it. You're on a spectrum Spectrum of like... But you can improve it, but they're I'm just giving it that label, right? Whereas
2: like you're either really cognitively flexible or not so cognitively flexible. I think
1: everyone, every human's on that, but... That's right. Some people are better than others and if you're more cognitively flexible in League of Legends, you typically have better results, better rank.
2: But isn't that like... Again, this is... I mean, this is something we don't know anything about, but is that nature versus nurture? Like, is that just uh, the way your brain is? Like, you've just got a, a, a... a more flexible. Muscle. I don't know it could be as simple as. Just, I think it's just the way you're brought up, dude. This is again. This is. Totally no, a, I think you're
1: going too far, Curtis. I think. It's, it? I think it's as simple as the way people just view the game. Like they, they don't need to think why they win or lose because it's they, just a the game. They think it's about talent and the game, you know. And, it's,
2: and no, and like we've said, many they think of it. It's, it's just a game. Yes. Right. Yeah. Like that's it. Like in their mind, like it's just, why do I need to be? Why do I need to? In in their mind, why do I need to jump through all these circles? these hoops to see how I contribute to a game state because it's a game and I should just be getting the free win. Which leads on to a great segue, I think, into one of my, my main topics. But was there anything here that you wanted to...
1: I thought that was interesting and, and people that are, you know, higher rank in the game could be like, yes, now I'm, I'm cognitive flexible. How awesome am I?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean again, I'm going to preface this by saying, look, I guess, I don't, you know... Just take everything we say on this podcast with a grain of salt. It's yeah. just our opinion on shit. We're just idiots. We're just two idiots here. We don't know what we're really talking about. We're having a crack. We're just having a, exactly. We're just having a crack. <laughs> you can disagree with me, and great, right? I'm just having. I'm just. I'm just out here. We're just out here. We're out here. We're cooking. Um. guys.
1: Okay, got out the notepad.
2: Yep. Stole your notepad here. So, I've noticed. Um. In the league community, like a sort of evolution of the player base, and and what I mean by that is, okay, people watching this podcast come from there's a wide variety of league journeys. There are people that are OG gamers who played the game since season three, season two, season one, very old school players, been the game for ten years, and then there are, uh, are people that are relatively new. They picked up the game in season eleven, season twelve, you know, very new players and people don't talk about this enough where the the game if you played the game in season 2, season 3, season 4, even season 5, it was a different game. League of Legends back then and League of Legends now, it's kind of morphed. It's changed. Like the way the game has evolved, the way it through patches and the way the direction Riot as a company took the game of League of Legends. They wanted it to be competitive. Hmm.
1: We've talked a lot about uh, that episode with Proxon. Mm. We talked about game time, how it's gone down over the years. That's And, right. and they found that they, they really like that, that game time of the average game being around like, well, I think he mentioned like 25 minutes or yeah, like that. Tw- yeah, you're in 22 that or 23 minutes, 24 minutes, something like that.
2: And so, so, so let's talk about what those changes are, right? So if you played back in the day, the game was a lot more casual. It actually was a much more casual, forgiving game. You could die a few times. It wouldn't really matter. No one really... It was the Wild West. No one really knew what they were doing. And everyone
1: saw that we didn't understand waves. We didn't really understand how to dive, deny minions. But yeah, how
2: crazy that is. Think about that. No one really understood what a wave like wave is. But that's like baseline knowledge now. Mm. That's like what you learn as like a silver player. The player, player base has gold. gotten much better. Play base is much more knowledgeable. You could there were literally we're talking top, top, top players that wouldn't even really think about ways. Like, how crazy is that, right? Mm. The game has changed so much. And so the way there's all these changes that Riot did, right? They they add they wanted to speed up the pace of the game because back if you watch season two worlds, there's just an Anivia Frog and playing. Anivia, Anivia,
1: Maokai, Amumu,
2: just team fight There's just mega scaling. The games go to fifty minutes, even an hour long. That was yeah, normal. That was normal. We that had normal. An hour long games, yeah. Cause cause and the reason And why is that the games could stall forever because there was no incentive to push the pace of the game
1: because Dragons um, only gave gold. Only gave gold.
2: And there was yes, there was no there was no dragon soul or anything like that. There was no rift holes to break towers.
1: Then Baron was that Baron useless? What was was Baron? I think everyone just had good wave clear, so it didn't matter about Baron.
2: Exactly. And um the the like invading wasn't really a thing. There was no scuttles as well, so there was less incentives to fight in the early game for river control. Um there was just a lot more sustain in the game as well, like with this Philosopher's Stone, all this other stuff, all this bullshit. So um, the game was a lot more forgiving, essentially. And and so what happened is that Riot realized, okay, we want to push the pace. We want to make it more fighting, more more fighting, more action, go, go, go. So Rift Herald, Scuttles, Tower Plates, Dragon Souls. They're pushing the pace of the game up. And so so if you played... If you, if, you, if you started playing League in Season 11, you wouldn't really know any different. That's just like League. It's like, oh, this is a pretty fast-paced, pretty brutal, competitive game. And it makes sense. That's just the way League is. And and now, but what does that mean? Well, what that actually means is that there is, you know, you're either kind of a player that is, you know, what I've noticed anyway in the League community, both in comment sections across YouTube and 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 now working both with Blow Gold and Above Gold, these new programs and everything is that you get people that are very stuck in their ways. They they like kind of fantasize about what League used to be and it's like
1: I the wish the good memory is the good times the nostalgia.
2: Nostalgia and it's like oh you know the game uh, the game used to be so fun, you know, you could now the games weren't decided now by one one missed click or one missed wave or whatever. And 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 it's very tempting to kind of think like that for these people. And then there are people that have adopted the changes. That it's like oh that's whatever the game's changed, it's, it's 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 more brutal now and that's just the reality of it. And there are people that don't even know that and so what you see is you get like this this whole uh divide of like these salty old like older gamers who've played the game for so long that are just how latched on to this this idea of what league used to be and they talk about it through this this uh lens of yeah i i wish i could why is the game now so you just make one mistake and the game feels over which is objectively not really true mm-hmm. but that's like a narrative that that is held on to and so what you get is this very weird divide where, like, old content creators and, and, and old the older player base is growing more and more salty. And, and, and so what they were looking for, these people, when they played League, they were looking for a casual game if the, if if league was was like already a kind of like say there was a moba before league and everyone kind of like and that was really really popular as big as league and then everyone kind of knew what to expect from a game like 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 league of legends a lot of those people probably never would have played league of legends anyway because they they were looking for a casual game. They, league is not a great casual game. If you want to play a casual game, there are many, many other better casual games. Go play Final Fantasy. Go play whatever. There's like a trillion better casual games. And so this is more of like just an observation. And, and like you see like these older content creators like Professor Akali and and like and even Nice to a certain extent that they're just outdated. And they complain about the game and what the game used to be and all this stuff. And it's like move on. No one like we don't. At the end of the day if you don't enjoy the game and the way the direction right is taking the game you don't need to be here like there are plenty of other games out there that i'm sure you would enjoy more there are plenty of other um you know if your player base if your your fan base doesn't doesn't see, want to see you complaining about the game 24 7 that's okay you can you can go to another game but like what, what what really frustrates me is that like there's this fantasy about what league used to be move on adapt with the times league is a brutal game it is the hardest game that you could possibly
1: play right the now. play base is getting better every year there's more knowledge there's more um i mean there's more at the end than the day it's like i always think about this as well as Let's say someone gets, you know, the first time they, they're really in a focused situation of their gaming journey. Maybe maybe there's a certain time of their life where they didn't have any responsibilities. They could just go hard on league and let's say they hit diamond, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that person's technically gotten to a really high level in the game. And then maybe, you know, they go, you know, they, that was just a period of time and they lose focus and they just drop down a bit more mm-hmm. the next couple of seasons. A lot of the, there's lots of them coming up now, you know. Like so, a lot of people have experienced sort of high elo, like mm. way more. There's more coming in. You know, mm. we talked about the the elo inflation episode of how many master tier players there are now compared to part, part, previous seasons. So, so the game, the knowledge base, everything, it's all advanced The game is getting it's starting to mature a starting lot. Starting to mature it's and the educational mature.
2: content. There is a lot of great educational content. Mm. Out there slowly but it,
1: surely. It's like uh, you know, back in, all the all the huge content uh videos in like 2014, 15 people love to see like a wombo combo uh you know you have like those cool comps and stuff like yeah. that but now they don't really work that much about that content
2: it. is dead and like yeah. you get content creators kind of complaining about like <laughs> no one watches their videos anymore because people have moved on from we've, that. Seen we've, we've seen everyone's it, seen seen it. Done, everyone's seen it everyone's made those it's videos been done for like 10 eight years yeah. like no one gives about about like jinx building ap and winning with ap or whatever no one gives a shit about that
1: the anymore. funny thing uh, you know it's like that's cool back for us in like 2030 it's like mm. let's see the oriana malphite wombo combo awesome mm. stuff you know now what's really exciting for us just an amazing reset back to base like that is yeah. the coolest thing when in reviews i i'm always more excited about a great decision to like recall or a really good quality gank I actually don't even really care it's about the intention. fancy... Yeah, I don't even care about the fancy plays anymore because we know that that's, our, that's what actually wins you games and that's how you become a really good League of and Legends And that's
2: what player. League of Legends is morphing into. Yes. And, and so what we're seeing is this divide. It's like... For, and people out there, it's like, well, what do you want out of League? Mm. Do you want a casual game that you can dick around and after work with a few beers? Well maybe but then stick to normals yeah, yeah sure. there still is an aspect, there of, is the an game aspect for that. of it but yeah. but again don't complain about the rank yeah, system yeah. at all don't even think about it don't even talk about it in that way you know there's like just be very intentional about what you're looking to get out of your gaming experience and now you know one of the biggest gripes that seem like a lot of these content creators and and people in the league community have is talking about like Trolls. I really just want to explore this concept, Nathan. Trolls. Like, What's a troll? What even is a troll? Like, what what is your definition of a troll?
1: Okay, I'd say the the most obvious definition to me is someone who is into the champ select and generally has no. They want to lose the game from champ select, not from they just died one time in the game and then just gave up. Literally from. Um, yeah, from Champs League, Like a
2: disco Nunu running it down mid from level one. Yeah.
1: That's a genuine troll. That's right? a genuine troll, great. right?
2: There. Great. I would tend to agree. Someone you're spot on. Someone that from Champs like literally has the intention to lose that game for everyone on that team.
1: Yeah. Okay. Like as hard as possible to win.
2: Right. So so if we're being honest, and this is a really great question for you guys in the community right now. What percentage of games do you get a genuine from like champs like troll just be honest but really really think about it don't use your initial you know just because you had one this week really think about it in the last month how many now i'd be very interested to hear what you say because from what i've seen in my entire time playing legends talking with other clients and just seeing just observing being in the league universe for a long time i would say it's below one percent of your games that's even a stretch, but probably one percent. Like if you play a hundred games,
1: you think one of them? No, I can't be right. Goodness. What do you think,
2: Jenny What do you think? Uh, I'm saying from my experience, I would say one percent.
1: Okay, from your experience, but about I would you? say maybe. Four
2: or five. Okay, four or five percent. I'd love to hear everyone else's take. Four or five percent. So oh, you geez, pay.
1: A, it sounds pretty high, doesn't it? So but you say
2: so you say so you pay a hundred games. That means what's that? Yeah, four five, four or, five, or five, game. five, okay. five games. yeah. I think that's completely reasonable. I can understand that.
1: Yep. So in the grand
2: scheme of that, that's really not much, is it? Four mm. games out mm. of a hundred. Mm. Right, it's not.
1: Does that change, Curtis? Because they're in high heels. There's more of them in lingerie. Potentially, that's why I want yeah, to pose, pose that question. But, but
2: just from what I've observed, yeah. So
1: with that definition, though... with that yeah, definition yeah. being,
2: I'm talking straight from Champ Select. Yeah. Okay. Now, the reason I want to talk about for why we need to start with what a definition of a troll is, because I feel like people's definition of a troll is completely warped. Mm. So you know what? I'm going to paint a story here for the listeners. Okay, I'm going to tell a story. It's a story time with me today. Story
1: time with Curtis.
2: So let's say we got Jim Bob. Jim Bob's back here on the scene. We love Jim Bob. He's had a tough day at work, right? He works a nine to five corporate job, sales. Had a shit day. Didn't get any sales done. Boss got angry at him. Drove home in peak hour traffic. Um, You know, comes home. House is a mess. Just wants to switch off. But he's had a shitty day. Goes to his office, loads up league, gets into a ranked game. He's a top laner. And uh, let's say he is, uh, you know, first pick and no one swaps with him in the draft. He tries to swap with everyone, no one swaps with him. So he has to blind pick. And let's say he, he, he's a really he loves Trindomir. Picks in Trindomir, right? Blind because he has to. That's his chamber. He loves playing Trindomir, okay? He, maybe he's a one trick or something. Um, and then, so in the draft, he gets counterpicked. Say someone picks a hardcore counter counterpick, whatever it might be. Let's say it's a Jace or a Jax or whatever the hell it is. I don't remember what the hardcore counter to is. He's playing top lane, and level one, his jungler decides to path away from him, and the enemy jungler path towards him, and so he has to give pressure level one. The enemy stack three waves, and then he gets dove yep. three stack into a dive. Yep. So he's sitting he's, there. He's
1: got four CS.
2: He's got about, yeah, let's say, yeah, four, yeah, maybe even less.
1: His three, counterpart four CS. has 22.
2: Yep, he's down already 20 CS by, you know, whatever it is. And he's um died. So he's died at level two, level three there, level three. And and then um his jungler path bot, maybe got a gang of bot side, whatever. Comes back, waves bouncing out. The top laner pulls it, starts to set up a freeze. His jungler decides not to come top. Maybe his jungler thinks, oh, the game, that lane's over. Or maybe that, that jungler doesn't know how to uh, pr- fix the waves. No. That's very reasonable in gold, especially, right? Maybe it's gold, something. And then the lane of freezes again. And then the jungler comes up again. And you're getting zoned. It's a frozen wave. And eventually you, you get frustrated. Screw it. I'm going to go in. And the jungler comes and kills you. You're now 0-2 with, say, 8 CS.
1: And your wave's frozen. Now. And your
2: wave's frozen. And, y- and you have no TP now. You've already used TP to get back mm-hmm. to lane. Now, just think about this for a second. This Trinamite now has had a rough day at work. He's come back he's zero saying, two. Uh,
1: we assume, so Jim Bob's a pretty—he's a pretty competitive game. He's hardcore. He's trying to improve. He's it trying. Like, he's, yeah. he's,
2: he's genuinely like—he's yeah. actually like—you know—he takes it pretty seriously. Like he, he's looking for—he's genuinely trying to get better at the game, right? He takes his games pretty seriously. Now he's zero two, but now he's thinking to himself at um, hes walking out of base. His wave's still frozen, <laughs> and he's thinking, my jungle is again side because past you know doing a top to bot clear whatever. He's on red side. He's thinking, "What do I do? I can't row mid." My way is frozen. Uh, maybe I can take a jungle camp if the maybe not up, maybe because the jungle's on another full clear. What do you do? So now he's just sitting in the lane bush, maybe trying to soak CS from a distance, down already two levels or something, having a really rough game. And now he said, patience is probably wearing a little bit thin at this stage. You're 2 You're completely screwed. Your jungler isn't helping you, right? What do you do? You go in again. Maybe you die again, which is completely feasible. I think that's a completely... If the re- jungle is
1: hardcore playing into you, then you get dove on that next bounce back. Another bounce wave. back? That's that's perfectly... That's a pretty rare situation, but definitely a possibility. It can possibility. happen, right? Yeah, if the
2: jungler's... Really right? yeah. But even if he... But like, I would say this is not even that... Like, dying again for that third time is not really a stretch if those events happen, right? right? Now... At this point, this guy's zero three, and let's say he starts getting pinged and flamed.
1: he already has gotten pinged he's already gotten spamming and flamed. But let's say he's even
2: and <laughs> and most people don't mute, right? That's the That's reality right. of League of Legends. Yes. Most people don't mute. So this guy's starting to get flamed. Dog shit top laner, spamming again. And this guy's now had a shit day at work. He's now zero three counter counterpicked, jungle traded him off. Not got no help. He's like, fuck. What is the the chance the likelihood that this player? Is gonna now be like, okay, guys, I'm gonna try and minimize and win for my team and and be a helpful helpful team You got what do you guys think? Pretty fucking slim, right? Mm. Especially if he's had a pretty bad day. We have no idea what's going on in his real life situation, mm. so it's very reasonable for that guy now to just say, fuck it, game's like I don't. He probably doesn't even genuinely know what to do. Mm. You're a male, You have no utility. You can't no, roam. You're, you're you can't just peel. Done. You're literally useless. You'd have
1: to be like a challenger player to probably like minimize that game that's right really well
2: you would have to be a challenge player to minimize that's right you are you're a
1: bot now you're a minion you're so useless so i guess the question you're asking now Curtis, is does that guy deserve to be banned
2: yeah so let's say that guy proceeds to end that game going Mm.
1: one and nine yep
2: or one and ten which is again could easily happen from that situation and they lose the game the team rages he's like fuck now is that guy a troll that's why I want to pose the question. We need to, to Pose you. that question. Is that guy a troll to you? Yeah.
1: So, so obviously and that, for now, me, let, no. let's
2: let's say, yeah. let's say you're the eighty carry in that situation, and you got ahead in that game. Right, and you're doing well on bot side, and then you're two, you're two and zero or three and zero, and then you try to do a dragon, and that fed top laner that comes down from top, top side roams to that dragon, kills you at the dragon, and then you see that trinamir top side trying to get a plate on top side who's already down two two levels. What are you gonna do? How are you gonna feel? Fuck this trinamir. Why do I always get the shit trolls on my team? Screw this guy. He should be banned. Why do I get all the trolls? Mm. Little do you know. You don't. You, most people. I'm going, to say, I'm going to say actually 99.9999% of people would never empathize with that Tryndamere. No. They're not, they're not going to get into a room and be like, oh yeah, I can actually see why that it Tryndamere got off. Yeah,
1: they don't understand that. It actually makes sense how he got into that position. It makes
2: sense why that guy's in that situation.
1: Yeah.
2: Mm. Okay? Now at this point, what is the most average person's response? He is a fucking troll. What are they going to do? Go on their Discord. I always give the shit toll planners. Riot should punish trolls? Why do I get inters on my team? Now, so what is the biggest gripe that most people have with, you know, content creators like whatever, Nice and Professor Akali and all these people? Yeah, Riot, they should, just, they should get better at banning people and stuff like that. How does Riot determine at scale what is bannable and what's not bannable? It's
1: incredibly difficult. It's very, very, difficult. With the nature of how League difficult. Legends works, because the because snowball aspect.
2: Because of the nature, the the nature of the snowball nature of the game. type of champions.
1: Maybe for some reason, like... Um, you know, what's a an early game champ that gets behind I mean Rexai gets behind can, you can have a lot of deaths. Or a great one support champs like Nautilus or something like that. An
2: ASOL that's counted in lane and dies twice early game. Yeah. It, can I, I could easily go zero really like zero five. Yeah. Like easily.
1: You're playing uh, Nah, uh, me into a blitzcrank or something like that. Yeah, it's just and you get traded off, and yeah. and, and and they, Your they or
2: maybe they they level one invade. You burn flash level one, then mm. you get split map scenario. The jungle yeah. vertical invades. You can easily go zero five,
1: mm. and then sort of check out of the game. And check out the game
2: because again, who's going to have the mental resilience? The average player, we're talking about the average player, who's going to have the mental resilience to that's train. That's incredibly different. And to you lose gracefully that. in that situation is really, really,
1: you, really you get hard. You've got a really good player to do that. Insanely good player, yeah. right? And and generally, you know, those games isn't going to be that common as well for those types. Again, you can have bad games and bad games. It's Yes, it's, that's not my point. Everyone. It's funny how everyone's in the same rank and everyone's like, okay, this is a, a, a player that I'm deeming a troll that's also gold three. How is he here? Like they must be having some That's good what I'm games. Saying. They, right? If they're a genuine <laughs> troll, anyone could. I look like a troll in some games. Me too. You know, and I do check out some games because I'm yes. like, I was, I, I had a game that I definitely lost for my team. Because um, I just I just kept on making just for I was against the graves and I was just getting choked out and he was playing really well I was getting hardcore punished punish and and I made just one bad decision and then the game just really hard for me and all it takes is maybe
2: someone spamping in you once as well that can set you off and especially if you again I'm I'm talking we're humans guys we're people we're humans we have emotions we're not robots we have lives outside of the game like we would like to assume that we're heading into every game with this perfect positive mentality growth mindset everything but the reality guys is that that's Life, is we've all got you know, we might have financial troubles, relationship troubles, work troubles.
1: We've all got shit happening, up family troubles. There's periods of time where people are less focused on maybe league. Again, people go out of their ups and downs. they have really good you know times, and not that's the, that's the nature of competition. Not even just league, just in general. Like you know, you can you can be really you know you know we talk about the flow state. You can be switched on one yeah. time, and then suddenly nothing's clicking. Your mind's really fogged, and you can have bad games and going about Like it it happens to all of us. And you just happen to be in a game with someone on, you know, playing some, maybe some bad games. That's right. And you're going to have games where you're versing
2: that person. And you're that person And you're that person.
1: Remember, (laughs) you've all been there. I guarantee you, no matter how much you bitch and complain about this, you've fucking been there. You've solo lost your team, your game. You have. Uh, When I always listen to these people complain about the game and the... And I just think, like, it's just really strange to me. Like, are you playing the same game as me? Like... I, I don't know. That's a great I, uh, question.
2: I don't. I, that's a
1: really good like question. Like, are you queuing it up and League of Legends looks different? Like, are we
2: playing the same game or not? I I'm don't know. I'm
1: purely aware. Like, we're very good coaches. We're very advanced in the game. We understand exactly why we're winning and losing games. Why is that Why is that not the case for some other high elo content creator that's spewing that the game's horrendous and Rice Direction's bad with the game?
2: I could understand that from someone that was lower elo. Yeah, they don't, and don't understand, understand the, game. the game. That's right. Because they, they would obviously be frustrated. They don't understand the game. But for someone that's like. Under should theoretically it says they understand the game. It's very weird to me. I don't get. I I,
1: I do. I think it does sort of make sense. So this is epidemic of. I guess it's sort of like. I think I could have been one of those people. Mm. So think about me. I was challenger in season two, season so season three. Right. Mm. That's when I was ranked two with my Mm. Udiar, and I came back to the game, and then I was stuck in low diamond, platinum one. If I didn't get into the details, understood why I'm winning and losing games, I would be, let's say I was a huge content creator in season three. I never made content then. I came back, I would say, oh, the game's terrible. That's just because I'm a diamond player now. It's just people got better. I got worse. And the thing is that, and it hurts your ego and it hurts your ego and that you just can't get better because I I got better in one way eight years ago. And that's and my the game. Is going changed. back to the neural pathways. That's what I strengthen. That's how you get good at the and game. And this also goes into hey, the game. The game being different. The game being different the as evolution well. Evolution of the game. So it's just like this epidemic of people that were highly of the past, complaining about the game now, but they actually just never got. They're not good at the game anymore. That's no, a simple they, fact. No, and don't they don't know the how to improve at. do They don't, the how to game. Right. They don't the understand. League, just how it works, and
2: how um, to get better at league now.
1: I had a review this morning, right? Um, uh, it was with awakes. He's like a C E player, and it was like a, he's. You know, we came and said this is like a mid-game um, problem, and you know, I sort of skipped to the mid-game. and I sort of saw that his bot lane was zero and ten, and I was like, all right, let's go back. I gotta make sure that we didn't miss any opportunities or something like that, right? That and you know we go through it and he actually had really false decision making just the enemy Ari, just did a really good roam on a certain wave and he just happened to be clear in a certain way and it was i mean he could have maybe defended it's, it's a bit mm. unrealistic to defend the dive just the way that the game plays out for a jungle a champ like yee right it's not realistic yeah not, like yeah. The, they started to get heavy traded on when he just happened to be path away, mm. and he's too far away and, and and Ari just had an amazing roam and they, he's probably already died there was 0-1 at this point and then they get dove and just like straight up double kill and they lose three waves. And it's like, okay, then I instantly now understand why he's bot lane 0 mm. and 10, yep. right? Makes so sense. it's not not no, 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 that like, yes, they misplayed early, but that's fine. Like, you know, you lose 2v2, but that was like the kicker. That second dive mm. when there's 0 four, to lose, that's a kicker because that's huge. That's yeah. the game losing it for a bot lane, right? And we kept on reviewing the game, and there was plenty of opportunities still in the game. Like he was, he had really good decision making, like really playing really well. He was getting some kills, you know, it was five and one. And he still had lots of opportunities to win that game. And again, you could easily deem his bot lane as trolls there, but if he focused on what he could have controlled, he could have definitely won that game still. And we made sense of the bot lane, so we didn't have to blame the bot lane why it was why it happened that way. That's right. And we actually tried to problem solve: Is it possible? Is it realistic? to to prevent them from that Ari dive. And I said, you know, Ari just played that really well. It's a really good roam on that move. And that's it. That's, and that's League of Legends.
2: That is the job of a coach. The job, one of the jobs and responsibilities of a coach is, again, making the game clear as possible for that client this is exactly why and this is the chain of events this is what is realistic for you to 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 do this is what's unrealistic for you to do and now that guy can walk away feeling oh okay yeah that actually kind of makes sense and that that helps in the long that helps your relationship with the game massively absolutely That's, it makes
1: the game 10 times best, more fun
2: this is the, the strength the one of the biggest things about coaching why coaching in League of Legends is so amazing and this is, is, is us is just shilling our our coaching. But, Good
1: work, Curtis, keep going.
2: But I don't really know what the alternative is here is that it's so hard to be objective about your games because you're emotionally attached. Yeah, and I had a different. review this week and this guy like we like his master tier client. Well I think it was a high diamond yeah he floats like high diamond, low master tier. And he was making like really like mistakes that you would he he should know. Like he shouldn't he does know this stuff. And we're getting into the reviews like, oh I can't believe I missed this. And it's just because I have I'm not bogged down by your past games uh, or narratives. Sort of objective. Just I'm so I'm room just room perfectly room. objective yeah. about what I see on the screen. And then he's like gobsmacked. He's like, "Oh my god, how do I not see this?" But you know why? Because again, we're we're emotional. We're we're emotional creatures. We're not we're not we like to think we're logical, but we half the time we're not, and especially when things are competitive and we're it's a, it's a very emotional game. And so it's very easy to miss things that even you know. And so the one of the huge benefits of coaching is there's someone objectively just looking at your gameplay and calling it out. I mean, like because well, I'm not, we're not attached to your, we don't have your narratives, we don't, we're not bogged down by your loss streak, we don't, we're not like pr- latched on to any ideas that you have. We're just looking at it, and that is very, very valuable. Because that guy could be stuck. He could, he could have walked away from the game, He's playing Silas basic wave management problems like messing up a wave missing a freeze opportunity going in without the jungler being there just like real stuff that you would like you should be able to easily spot but again he was so jacked up thinking about other stuff that he couldn't see it just couldn't see it
0: Hmm.
2: and there's no shame in that that's just again one of the benefits of coaching and i can speed up that process for him and now instead of dicking around for three weeks trying to figure out what's going wrong boom he's the source of the problem fix go next and then start to get get actually make improvement so that's just yeah something i've noticed but yeah, this whole thing about and, and really, you know, look again, I, I I empathize with the people that think there is a troll. I get it. I totally get it. Right? Because maybe you're the person that's doing well bot lane, uh, well bot lane, and you've had a shitty day, and then and you really you felt like you just overdue for a win, whatever. I get it. I get it. But what's the theme here? Right? There's a theme. It's like we're all just people having a crack trying and you know you know shit happens
1: shit happens shit happens and the nature of the game is very punishing yes it's a very snowball the game yes it's a very competitive game the play base is getting better yes you if you're a good one season you know, if you didn't have the right processes, or you, uh, you know, quote unquote, abuse a certain champion, you could be much lower rank than you are now, and you have to readapt and learn new processes, and you know, follow the BBC podcast, and yeah. and and actually improve at the game. But yeah, I think that I think eventually, like you know, you know, how people, all these people say, um, you know, everyone's you know, like these big content creators and stuff, that like quit in the game and stuff. It's like, you know, let's say a really, let's say half the player base happened to leave, okay. Uh, how many accounts are there? Ranked accounts on, there? and I think something like one point four million or more like that. I'm even if there's seven hundred thousand people chipping away, well, we're gonna have a blast. Dude. Great, we're going to have fun. It's <laughs> competitive. Like there's still shit tons of people. You it's know what I mean? What's of it, of in the US? There's like three and a half million accounts in the US server. You know, let's say let's say ninety percent of the player base goes. curse so what we got we're left with? We're left with three hundred thousand people. Just just chilling out, dude. Just chilling. You know, enjoying the game, enjoying the game, being competitive. Maybe that's the case in maybe the future. That's the maybe that's what Lee will, will go into. But I'm still going to be playing. I'm going to be chipping yep, away because the be game. Away. We're not going so anywhere. Good.
2: It's the it's the best game? We believe it's the best game. And and just on top of this, like, you know, really, what 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 you know, the whole trolls thing is is it's just mimicking real life. It's just mimicking society. If you get a hundred people, we just take a hundred people off the street. There is going to be maybe one of them that is a bit of a odd unit a bit of a
1: let's <laughs> <laughs> putting it lightly Curtis. Putting it light, maybe a yeah. psychopath or a yeah. guy that's
2: pretty maybe a, a, not the nicest person yeah and maybe he is in a self sabotaging mode and genuinely wants to see the world burn and other people around him burn and there are people like that in real life there are scary individuals walking the streets just like in league of legends there are people that are in an unfortunate situation they they got nothing else to do. Maybe they're addicted to the game, or they've had a, they've got a shit situation in real life, and they're using League as an escape. And they're angry at life, and they're angry at the world, and they're gonna let it out to you in this League game. Welcome to life. they go outside and pick a random hundred people. They're gonna be there, mm. whether you want to believe it or not. So, so it's like we what do we actually expect here, guys? Like, do we expect it, like Sol-Q to be this fairyland where everything's everyone's trying, hiding, perfectly happy, chappy, just. It's just a utopia and utopias don't just don't work and they don't exist.
1: No, it's not real. It's just
2: not real. It's just not based in reality.
1: Yeah, it's like, what do people want? What
2: do people actually want? Tell uh, us I-,
1: the- I see comments as well about, uh, you know, you've got to like, try so hard or like, the ge- it's just a struggle to play League of Legends games. Like, that's... No one will be playing the game if it wasn't a struggle. It's like everyone's just da 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 da. I'm challenging everyone's challenge. Everyone just your challenge, your challenge, your challenge. Everyone's challenging.
2: Yeah, it's like I'm just gonna dick around here and die twice, and I should still win.
1: Yeah. I I I'm like, let's say let's say people say that there's champions that are easier than others, right? I play a champion with a bunch of skill shots, right? I miss like three skill shots, and they can just point and click CC and kill me. It's like yeah, you miss three skill shots. You know, you, you, your champion has clear strengths and weaknesses. You're playing Xerath. You can scale up. You can play from range. You have strengths and weaknesses. You know, like, guys, let's figure let's, the game makes Think sense. Think about Karma and Powered Q. The reason it is a skill shot, imagine if, if it was, point, if it was and click. point and click. Oh, Jesus. That's
2: my point. It's like yeah. the reason it is a skill shot is because it is a
1: good ability. Yeah. There's like nothing really in League that's just straight up really bad. Like I mean,
2: I, I like like look, I'm not saying we're not saying Rice but Ryan have made mistakes.
1: Yeah. Right uh, well we talked to Proxon and the the thing that I got from that episode, the Riot Proxon episode, I will have it linked up here. Mm. Dude, the game's impossible to balance it's, and we don't even want to balance it. We don't want game. to
2: balance it. That's but, right. That's what they said. Uh,
1: they don't want a balanced game because a balanced game, whatever people think balance that's not going to be a fun game.
2: Yep. Yeah, and look, I'm sure Riot could do a better job of banning the genuine, like, the new news that run a damn it. There's no doubt about that. They could be doing it And I have implemented bit.
1: stuff, reporting champ selects. So you can report in the game And they now. do get banned. Maybe yeah.
2: not as fast as they could. I get that. I understand. And I, and I I think that's a reasonable gripe. But, there's a huge but there. I really... I, my hunch, Nathan, is that there is way less, quote-unquote, trolls out there than what people think there is. Absolutely. That's, that's my take here. Yep. Really simplified.
1: Yep. Love it.
2: Um... And, you know, just to to kind of round this, you know, this whole section in a positive way, you know, we're talking about before we're kind of hinting at like, you know, mentors or role models or, you know, coaches, whatever, you know, good, positive friends, you know, getting inspired by real practitioners is so awesome. You know, I, you know, I... I, I love watching high-quality, like, really good, le- like, experts. Like, when, you wa- when you're when you feeling down about your gameplay and then you just load up a highlight and you just watch, like, a really great one-trick, it just gets you excited. It's like, this is what is, this is, I'm not saying I can get to that level, but this is what's capable. You watch Baetang play Kiana, and you're like, that's cool. That's just cool. And, and I love that because, you know, we talk about, you've got, um... Changing behavior, trying to go away from behavior versus towards. It's like, okay, I can be not toxic or I can be positive, right? Or have a growth mindset or not have a fixed mindset. It's like, okay, I can not be shit or try and be towards Bayfeng. You know what I mean? And I feel like it's a lot healthier to kind of rather. Look in the distance and just like get inspired by these real, real experts, and it's just amazing to watch. And I think that it's an just because they're at a, a level that you can't, we can't even comprehend. Don't be overwhelmed by that. Just take take one thing away. Just take your just chip away. Take, chip away, even if it's it.
1: just the inspiration aspect. Yeah. you know, like you know, just hitting some more abilities and stuff. You know, yeah, it's just cool. The you know, it's very easy to get bogged down and stuck in like the mess. But yes, yeah, think bigger picture. You know, like let's say you're, you know, you're a you know you're, you've gold one for a while. You know you're really trying and stuff. You know and just look at it. You a one trick for your champion and challenge. Just see. You know what's the difference? What's it what's look going like? on, what's it Just look every
2: like? now and then, just check in, yeah. touch base. What's real? What's challenger? Like the best, Hecarim jungle jungle. What is that? What does that look like? Mm. What does what their in game? What do their R's look like? What do their e usage look
1: like? Yeah, it's important to note. Look at their fighting because the early game stuff could look really boring. Because yeah. remember, we know good League of Legends is boring, right? And it's
2: just it's not really what they would. Experience. experience as that's well right. yeah yeah
1: so yeah it's more about looking at the fighting that's the thing to emphasize mm. yeah
2: and the last thing i want to say here um, is in something i've observed is that i've actually observed that win streaks are equally as toxic as lost streaks
1: absolutely i'm a big fan of this one
2: so yeah. what are your thoughts yeah. on this one nathan
1: well yeah i mean league has a great i mean let's think about High highs and low lows, right? And the crash. It's sort of like think of it as like a sugar rush, you know. So it's like okay, if I'm really emphasizing, you know, winning a lot, gaining. Think about all the ALP coming. It's sort of like an injection of, let's say, cash or something. Oh, you know, awesome. Like I can spend all this money, and then something bad happens, and then now you're suddenly in debt because you've got a bunch of credit cards. You've got a high credit. Like the way that I view it, it's like, yeah, you, you. If if you're a player that's not process oriented. You those highs. Whenever there's high highs, there's low lows. That's just it. Mm, that's and, just a, yeah. and guess what? League of Legends has a fantastic way of humbling you. And even if you remember, if you win a lot of games, that means that you're in higher ranked games. You're probably not at that level yet because you're just new to that sort of game pace. You're going to start losing, and then maybe maybe you're even playing pretty well, but you lose two games. that You have to be a little bit better to win those games. And the, the matchmaking is doing a really good job to make sure that you know you actually you know deserve to be in that rank. And then those two games just snowball. Your mental just explodes, and you snowball out of control, and you lose like five, six in a game. Like that's typically what happens. That's typically what happens. Yeah. You know. So um, yeah, they're so dangerous because purely the fact that you're getting a high high, meaning that your lows are going to be very low, rather than just chipping away, playing through. This is why we love three blocks because it really prevents this sort of happening. Like, you know, you're not going to get that much of a high of, or at least
2: doesn't pretty it, it, it. it tries. It attempts to do it. It, it. it it can still. You can still be focused on the LP. That's right. Let's say you win four three blocks,
1: four days, it. let's say you play one three block a day, three games, and you won. You do three zero three zero three for four four days. But you know, by the next day you queue up, you're like, I just can't be losing anymore. Like I just queue up and I just win. It's just not possible anymore. <laughs> yeah. I've literally thought that before, like <laughs> like many times. Like I'm like, okay, I've got it. Like I understand League of Legends, great. Do my game my way. I understand waves, I understand gank, my gank, my mechanics. Genuinely was then you lose some confidence, then it goes down. But you know, but you're just gonna be yeah. it just comes with experience, I guess, as well. Of like that's just the way the game works, the journey works. That's how it should work. That's that means that it's a healthy competitive game.
2: Yeah, I've thought of that in terms of like when you're on a when you're on a win streak. Um, typically what happens is that you're obsessed about not losing. But when you're on a loss streak, you're obsessed about- Just getting a win. Just getting a win. Yeah, that's right. So it's like it's like either way, you're obsessed about the win or the loss. And so the more obsessed you are about the win and the loss, the, the more detached you are from the actual behavior and the gameplay itself. So it's like you're, you're spot on. It's like the high, it's like, yeah, I like that your sugar rush analogy. It's like the more sugar you have, yeah, the more hyper you are, the more like- the crash. Yeah, the bigger the crash. And it's like- and it's addictive because like oh bitter sugar I want to have more sugar more sugar it's like yeah okay I, get a th- I got a three o block yes I want to get more and then you want to play that more Getting you have 4-0 and now we're 5-0 and you now the, the higher that kind of thing
1: builds your expectation now becomes I win and what happens if we know if your ex- if expectations don't mean reality you know, you get really upset. That's where the really low lows come coming. Because right. my expectation is I win every game. I should be winning.
2: And it's very hard to calibrate your emotions and go back to, like, equilibrium and be present and just express your best self. Because you've gone from this super high-high to this low-low.
1: This is where the smurfing comes into play, why it's so yeah. shit and so dangerous. Yeah, because, that's a great point. Because they come it's in, addictive. they get a really nice, sexy win rate. They get to actually their level of play. And then suddenly they start losing. And it's not even about the win rate much anymore, it's just because they're losing games now. And they, they again, they went from being like an 80%, 60 70% win rate to Diamond 4. And then now suddenly they're dropping off and they have like a 55% the and then suddenly go down. Think about that. Even though they've just got that huge win rush, now that's all gone because now it's like, oh, I'm, I'm maybe I'm just bad at the game. I'm now 55% win rate and I'm going down.
2: It's, a, it's, it's addictive to, to, to smurf for these people, it right? Because you win. Winning. Yeah. You're winning a lot of games. And you think you're the best, and and, you, and it's kind of again that that quote, you know, what Dave used to like to say is like the, uh, a, it was a dwarf in the in the land of midgets reigns king. king. Yeah, that's right. You yeah. know, and you feel powerful. You feel great. You're, you're you're at the top of that little, that little kind of um, whatever it is that yep. ra- that little area.
1: Big fish in a small pond. Yeah, big
2: fish in a small pond, um, and that's addictive. That's a very powerful feeling. Um, and that's basically
1: it. Some good rants there, Curtis, from me. We had, uh, lots of stories in there for this podcast, Curtis. All right, let's move on to our summer School Post of the Week. So this one here, um, sort of flows pretty well with, um, the topics of this podcast. I'm not sure if this is completely true here, but... So this was, uh, again, on Summoner School. Uh, what could keep me in gold for for over 40,000 games? I think that might be exaggeration. I could actually check his uh, OPGG. I just don't know what I'm doing wrong. Other people can climb just fine, but I'm stuck, even if I think I actually play better than them. So what could I be personally doing so horribly wrong that even after 40,000 games, I'm still stuck in low gold? And I used to be a high plat hitting diamond prime is like 30 times the one season. I almost got into diamond. Now here's the kicker Curtis. So he links his OPGG. I can show you that in a second. He said, is there anything that's readily obvious he's from linking his OPGG? Mm. And then here we go. And if you say I play a lot of champs, know that I have over 100 K master on literally everything I play. So he's, he's a, he's ready for the responses. Curtis. Isn't this fascinating? He's aware of the response. Everyone's going to say, well, you play too many champs because that's what everyone knows about champ mastery. But he's like, nah, yeah, that's, not, that's not right because I have 100k mastery points. Curtis is speechless. i got to get up his OPGG. This whole mastery yeah. point thing triggers me so much, by the way. Really? You're not happy with Riot's edition right. of this?
2: No, just the way people use it. Like, It's yeah. like it to justify shit. Like, mm. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's just bamboozling to me.
1: This is a pretty popular uh, thread here. You know, do you the have these here? Can you show me? Yeah, OBG? let me show you. I'll show you on Wait, second. what
2: do you mean by 40? Is that normal games, ranked games? How many seasons? Let me check. The, you I don't the, think I'll be able to say the rundown,
1: dude.
2: Um, it's, it's so it's interesting. Okay, so I want to I want to use because I love I love again. I want to compare this to analogy. So it's like okay, let's say he built a. Uh, Whatever, 100,000 mastery points on, you know, Malzahar Mid in season three or season five. Is that, can this work? Does it, does mastery count from previous seasons? I don't even
1: know. Yeah, if- I think a little, no, I think it's since it got introduced. When was that? That's like 2015 or something All like All right, that. so season was yeah.
2: five was or whatever. Yeah. So what, my point being is that, like, like, are these people using mastery gain from years ago to justify that they can play the gem now? Is I'll, that like is yeah, that, that the narrative? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's like okay, again, let's say let's say I um okay, let's say that timeline is seven years ago, right? I'm, I'll spit it out: seven years ago. let's say seven years ago, because
1: on my profile I have uh, Udia as like something that's like I played a lot. Um, right, because
2: my point being here, Nathan, is like, let's say I play, let's say I ran a marathon seven years ago, but I haven't ran for seven years. Does that make me able to run a marathon now? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Yeah. And what again, did you do in this, that seven years? This what is, did you This you know? is just
1: coming to. Um again about the respect of the game and yeah and how the it lack works of respect for the game you know the fact that that's like
2: a of respect for champ mastery
1: you know i would assume as well um it's really interesting like a, a place like um like summoner school um you know that guy's like probably use it i'm sure he's again he's heard that advice he knows that you advice can, he's, he's and he's like okay this is what already. i do but you know you know how about i just try and stick to something for a while okay so i want to
2: so while you're digging around in your phone i want to talk about something because this expands on this so i had a client this morning i'm not going to say his name he is a master player and uh he's been master i think for three years he recently joined my program and uh we got into the review and he had this champ pool and it was it was quite complex it it was it was a, a kali sindra swain and Kiana. Right, and he brought a he brought a Kiana vod and we're getting into the details of this Kiana Vod. And then I'm like, dude, you know, at the end of the day, Kiana is not a champion you can play casually. If you want to climb with Kiana, especially if you're going to like Master Plus, you want to master the Challenger. You got to be very good at Kiana. You got to have a lot of mastery. Hence why most people who climb with Kiana don't play Kiana casually. They don't have her as like uh, a third no. or fourth champ in a pool. It's like you've a, never seen that. It's like a, they're either a one trick or a two trick or something like that, right? And so we get into the review and we're getting into the details and I'm like, well, well, I was starting to get, there was like alarm bells ringing because we're looking at like a lot of, there's a lot of getting hit by skill shots, skirmishing problems, you know, missing uh, ER combos, poor target selection, just basically skirmishing problems, right? And um, yeah, I was getting into the review and towards the end I was like, all right, I know you don't want to hear this, but the main problem is that... You don't have the the champion mastery to climb with Kiana with all these other chips. You cannot play Akali, Sindra, Swain, and Kiana. And he was playing Kiana as a pocket pick. Okay? It was like, like and I said, so okay, give me a percentage of what he was playing. Games. So he was playing, I think it was like 50% of games with Sindra, 30 games again, game, 30% of games with Akali, and then like 10-10 with Swain and Kiana. Like he was using it as a pocket pick. And I'm like, and then I had to sit there and explain. Why you're not gonna climb using Kiana as a pocket? Pick. And if we're gonna get into the details and actually improve your skirmishing and actually climb to challenger, you're gonna have to either remove other channels from your pool and really simplify pool, and let's get detail oriented with your Kiana, or or just don't just don't play it literally drop it right and then he started this guy he started to get a little bit defensive and a little bit um he was confused as to why i was mentioned and he's like well I've is that because played-
1: so that's because he had success with kiana well, he said past. i've
2: been playing he's like i've been playing kiana for years is what he said he's like, i've there got go. this amount of master i've been mm-hmm. playing this champ for years i've played it for three years at master tier or whatever i've been you know i'm a long-term kiana player and something that he doesn't understand is that okay the game changes so when he was playing Kiana. Right back, you know, even a year or two ago, the setups have changed. A lot of the time nowadays is more patient style of Kiana with uh, first strike, secondary resolve. You go mana immune. It's like more scaling oriented. Back in the day when Kiana was actually really popularized and when she was in the meta, when he picked up Kiana, you would play like this very like electro ignite. Basically, same build every game. It's like like you're just going through the motions. It's like the same setup, like Yomu's or whatever, in my prowl or dustplay whatever. My point being here is that like this guy was automatically assuming that because he was had a lot of mastery and played a lot of Keanu in the past, that he can use it as a pocket pick to climb and push up in the rank. And so, you know, and he said, oh, but look at my win rate. I got a 60-something percent win rate to, to master tier. I'm like, "Your that win rate is not from beating grand master or high master players. That's from beating diamonds. You've just beaten all those diamonds, got to your master, now you're stuck here. And so... You know, it's interesting that this level of lack of respect for Champ Mastery and what actually is required to climb higher above your plateau point, it's its present in every rank. You'll see it with, am yes. assuming, gold. You'll see it with Master Tears, whatever. You'll see it at every rank. And so it's just like, again, a public service announcement. Like, never, ever, ever under- underestimate the significance and the importance of Champion Mastery. The game is founded upon. That's right. Your Your consistency is stemming from Champion Mastery.
1: Yep. The... Yeah, there's so many levels, dude, to Champ Mastery. I always say, like, if you ever think that you're really good at the champion... Take it more level
2: and especially with a high skill cap champion. I said, You yeah, can have a true. champ pool of four, yeah. remove the Kiana and play Pantheon, mm-hmm. and then make your core as Cinder mm-hmm. Then you've got a really good pool. It's like Cinder your core two, and then two easy picks, Swain, Pantheon. That's great.
1: We've mentioned that before. Our recommendation for champ pools is that your pocket picks are easier to execute champs, easy they to, don't to execute as much. champs that you don't yeah. need
2: many games on, and then you have the, the two core complex champions. That's fine. Just a little, yeah. Just again, flowing on from this.
1: because This is. I, I, so I, was, I took me so long to find the the opg the, the, the post because he actually deleted the post recently because no. he got obliterated in the oh, comments. Oh no, poor guy. There was a hundred comments right, and everyone was saying like, "Yeah, it's because you know you mastery points is a bait." It's so this right. is this is this count. is one of the best OPGs I've ever seen for someone. Someone stuck going wow, for. He's, still, he's played since season season.
2: season. season. Five,
1: Five when mastery points started probably. All right. Look at this. This is unbelievable, guys. This is the definition of a stuck player. Look at this. He's playing. Wow, I ev- want to
2: see how many games he's played every season. So see, last season, he yeah, has quite a lot of games. Yeah, he's got he's got a lot of
1: games. He's played a lot so of. So, He shit. probably plays like fifteen hundred games a season, something like that. A thousand games a season. Wow.
2: He's played Yumi for years. He's played Yumi since on release.
1: Oh, wow. So he's like a hardcore oh Yumi main. Oh, my man. God. Season nine. Yeah. He
2: played 700 games of Yumi. But a lot of champs still look at the games play Oh my! I this know. was in season nine.
1: So basically, what we're seeing here, guys, for the podcast listeners, this guy plays almost every role, every champion, like at least twenty games on each champion, like every season. So this is fifty-six games of Yumi. Let's let's talk about. He's just look. This is like Biopanther's OPG. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. But from someone that's very experienced in the game, who yeah. was a previous one trick. Right? That's was the key thing about yes. Biopanther. He was. Oh, he, was he was a one trick. He was a pantheon player. You raise
2: such an important point. That is crucial because people ta- call yeah, us tricked. like hypocrites for this. Yeah. Okay. People. Very important. I want to go back to my quickly my, my point there with that player. Right. Mm. That pool is actually possible if let's say you got you were a challenge. Let's say you you two tricked a Kali Kiana, and you actually got to challenger with a Carly mm. you actually can expand. That's right. Yes. Because you're a challenger player on those champions. Yeah. You have so much mastery, so much experience with those champions. Mm. You're actually good, really good at the game. You can mm. expand. That's what Showmaker was. a He was a cat, cat one trick. trick. Yes. And then he expanded. Most of these players that get high elo, actually, no, I'm not even saying I would say nearly all were one tricks or two tricks, or they had a very small champion, got success with a handful of champions, then expanded. You don't, you don't, Expand early, you expand later. Yeah, you spend later, way later.
1: That's what I did as well. That's what you did. That's yep. what we all us did. did. That you have to start. I actually the game. don't know
2: anyone who didn't do that. Yeah, literally, I don't know no. all the pro players. All that we know, we, we've had small champions. Yeah, who got to Halo?
1: And they got known. For, they just play. They were well, known though. for specific things. Yeah. All right, so yeah, I mean, let's just look at this guy's recent matches. He's played a Sejuani jungle game. So remember, Yumi's his most played champ. Then he's played a top. This is AD carry Nah. What is this? He played a. Oh, is it 80 carry Nah? Yeah, 80 yeah. carry Nah. Carry he carry plays 80 na. carry Nah. Na. Yeah, then he plays Zeroth support. Then he plays GP top. Then a Yumi. No, that's again. GP AD carry again. Oh, GP AD carry. Okay. Oof. Then Yumi. Then Yumi. And then we're playing Misfortune, misfortune AD carry. Yep. And then we're playing GP, GP AD carry. Lulu Lulu support. And then Jace Jace AD carry. Holy moly! And then we're playing Vega bot bot. So he looks to play bottom. He's got some Nico jungle ne- in here they randomly. Say, so in he,
2: flavor he, of the month. He oh, he plays this is Clash. Jungle. Wait, let's go, let's let's go. to this let's, let's sort this by rank. Just let me double check here. Oh, so we did play Nico jungle in rank, then Soraka, then Ramus, then Ahri. A lot of Nico jungle. So flavor of the month. You picked up the new meta champ, right? So, spam yep. spammed Nico jungle for a while. Because this
1: must be the answer. I can finally get high. Holy elo.
2: moly! Okay. To be fair, he actually did play a lot of Nico, he then he dropped it. So then before Nico, Udia, Belveth, Garen, Viego, Lux. He went on Nasus. jungle. He's playing every role, dude. He's playing, er- he's playing like every
1: champion in bot lane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in ADC. Then- so yeah, sorry. He so plays- the one
2: consists factor, factory does like GP and Yumi. Yeah. But a lot of stuff sporadically in between.
1: So, you know, if you want an answer, you know, it's very apparent in this OPGED. And his gold force zero LP with a 47% win rate.
2: It's just really simple. Yep. Really and, not And he
1: deleted his post because he probably, the the, the answers that everyone were giving him were so obvious, but to him it's not obvious. He thinks that he's very yeah. good chance his
2: champs. So I think he's going to have to do some reflection or, or come to the conclusion that he just wants to be a casual player. That's yep. okay. Yeah. If you want to dick around and rank to play every champ in the game A to Z, yep. do that. But again, don't, going complain. To the
1: thing, don't, complain, don't complain about the don't rank be system confused. or the game or balance. All <laughs> right? Please, guys. If your video looks like this. Yeah, that's right.
2: Are you gonna post this on the um Yeah, I'll have
1: it up. It's all recorded. Okay, nice. Here. All right, Curtis okay, time.
2: Let's get into the details, everyone. And welcome everyone to Curtis's clip corner. Alright, we're getting into the details here. So this is a uh this is an MLA client. Uh this is the Ari. It's an Ari. This is Master tier in EU, I believe. And, um, so basically we're going to walk you through a, This is kind of like the game deciding team fight in, in this one. Uh, wow. very, very bloody game. What's that? So 44, it's about 75 70 kills, kills in 26, minutes. In 26 so about minutes. Almost
1: three kills a minute. Very, very fast paced. Because Jarvan has 48 kills, 15, four and 23. It was an insane She's 15 move. and
2: four, right? So he's very, very fed. And so look at this, look at the, so basically this Ari has a very fed jinx. 3.5 item Jinx yep. versus like a 2.5 item Varus on the enemy team mm. versus a zero 0.10 Blitzcrank. Mm. But the Fed member on the enemy is actually... I mean, ca- the enemy Cassio has three items. like uh, She's strong. Even though she has
1: 8 deaths, she's s- strong. Strong. She's level 16 as well. Yep. Wow.
2: And then the enemy Wukong top has three items as well. Black Cleaver, uh, Sunderer, and a Death Dance. So in this game, you know... What I'm going to do, we're going to basically talk about, okay, actually, I was going to play in the fight, then talk about this, but we'll talk about this now. So when it comes to optimizing your skirmishing, it's important to to understand what your role is in a composition because the way you play a fight, it's ultimately a reflection of what your role is in the composition, right? So if you're playing... Rek'sai. Some games you're going to be peeling a, a fed a to carry. Some games you're going to be diving. Sometimes you may be doing a bit of both and going a bit of back and forth. In a game like this, you're playing Luden's Ari, You have a lot of flexibility in a way, right? If we didn't know who was fed, you could theoretically dive with a Jarvan sometimes. And they maybe, you know, play with the Jarvan or you could peel this this kind of jinx. But given like who's fed and, and kind of what the enemy champions have and stuff like that, it probably makes more sense to probably just sit front to back, peel this fed jinx and win the front to back team fight, in my opinion. And so... That's at least what I would think, and so mm. when we look at who who are the main threats in this game, Nathan, mm. onto at the Jinx. What were the? Who do you think are the oh, main I mean, ones?
1: Absolutely, Wukong. Yeah, well, Wukong so hard to peel with. That's right. So Wukong diver. I'm not even that scared too much of the Zin Zhao. I mean, Zin Zhao can hit a W, but it's pretty unreliable. Yeah,
2: pretty unreliable. But but you would say that the main divers are probably. Wukong, in yeah. Like like Cassio, Varys, and Blitzcrank. It's kind of hard for them to get onto the backline, yeah. right? It's more. maybe mainly... should
1: be could be. There's a lot of thre- uh, peel from Thresh.
2: That's right. So it's mainly just the Zinzao and the Wukong. So they they would be your targets that you, if you're trying to peel, they're the ones that you'd be more concerned about, right? So we're going to go into this team fight. I want to kind of talk about this for a second. So this is the this, so they're basically they're fighting over a soul, I believe. This is um, posturing for a team fight. The Thresh kind of gets picked here a little bit, but still front to back team fight. Ari's doing a really good job kind of sitting in the back line. They I kill really like how on.
1: Ari's playing this. This is fantastic.
2: And then the Zinzao kind of comes from the side and gets Whoa. on top of this Jinx and one shots the Jinx. So I want to replay this one. It is a bit of a hard one for us to commentate for the listeners, but essentially what happens is a kind of front to back team fight. And the Zin Zao, instead of kind of playing front to back, loops around the side and then lands a W onto the Jinx and like dives onto the back line, and gets so- basically solos the Jinx by, by himself. So the Zinzao absolutely kind of smurfs it and they lose this team fight because of the Xin plays it really, really well. Now we're reviewing this team fight and, you know, it's it's a tough one because when you look at it, it's like he actually did a pretty good job. Like he was kind of like sitting there and, the, and then he killed the Wukong. You would think, oh, that's like kind of the main diver. That's the person you want to be mm-hmm. concerned about. So now all you'd be thinking is like, oh, Blitzcrank in front of me. I'm just going to kill the next target. So he charms the Blitzcrank and, and tries to kill the Blitzcrank. But then the Zinzao because because yeah. he's
1: able to dive onto the Jinx because he's used his charm on the Blitzcrank instead. And Blitzcrank, I just had Hook. He isn't, He's no threat in that fight He has anymore. no threat. He's useless. Yeah.
2: Now, you know, when you look at this in, in the review, you're like, it's pretty easy to spot the mistake, right? If you're a Master Tier player, you're optimizing your Skirmish and you're like, well, I should just not use no, my wait, charm I on I the Blitzcrank. Wait for
1: my abilities for the next threat. For
2: Jinx. I, yeah, exactly. And the only other threat is the zinzao mm. So instead of trying to kill the Blitzcrank you should be holding yep. your charm to peel for the Jinx and hold your charm for the Xin because if he holds charm for the Zinzao and he's able to peel the Jinx they just win the front to back team fight imagine if you just charm Xin right here yeah when Zinzel dies on the you just win the fight yeah, that's right Jinx aces him, you win the front to back all's good Nasus are tanking you, you, you're, you're chilling now you know the the it's 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 a hard one to change this behavior because you, you, you come out of the room
1: being like you know, I thought I did a pretty good job. Like Zinzel played it well, whatever. My first initial reaction was this even hitting the Blitzcrank. I thought it was fine. I think it was all good. Yeah, that's your first reaction, yeah. right?
2: It's a high, This is what we're talking about. Skirmish optimization is tricky. And what <laughs> I said, I said, look, when you're reviewing your skirmishing, this goes out there for all of you watching this, and you're trying to review your own skirmishing and get better at your skirmishing. You can look at it and just visualize, okay. I, I should I should just hold my charm next time for the for the jinx and peel the peel the jinx instead of going for the blitzcrank. But a lot of people are getting like, what? how would I know to do that next time? Like, it's kind of like they don't feel like they're getting much learning. And and something a question, a really important question is like, how would I come to this conclusion? That's a very important. How would I come to this conclusion to hold my charm for the Zhao here?
1: That's and the high quality question. That's
2: the high quality question. And so this is actually this decision here to not charm, not hold charm for the Zinzhao, is actually made all the way back here, believe it or not, in the lull state. So, so it is tricky. It is a little bit theoretical, but in reality, when you're when you're thinking about the game and when you're thinking about your team fighting, the way you play your fight, again, is an extension of your mindset and your role in the composition. How you how you perceive your role in the fight. Now, if Ari in the lull state thought said to herself, oh. You know, I got to peel Jinx. The only divers are Zinzao Zhao and Wu Kong. If you plant that seed in your brain in the lol state, when you come to this team fight, where is your attention going to be focused, Nathan?
1: You're going to be marking where the the Wu and the Zinzao Zhao is. That's it's, right. It's sort of like when you're on on the field in like a sport, you're like tagging someone. Like like these are the people that I'm sitting on. I'm I'm making sure they're not getting you know the ball. That's right. So you're so what you're doing is you're priming
2: your mental stack essentially to, 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 to kind of know where to direct your attention because there's theoretically a hundred thing or like, you know, let's say 50, 30 things that you could be. You could be in.
1: thinking about like Cassiopeia, all that sort of stuff, you know, the Blitzcrank hook.
2: So, so what, by, by using your lol state properly and identifying your role and identifying key threats and identifying like how you what you need to do to win the fight, you're basically eliminating the stuff that you don't need to think about and you're really hyper-focusing. It's so, like, okay, these are the main areas that I really need to make sure. And this is why in pro play, you see people, they're really good at marking cannon. When cannon tries to mm. go for the flank, the supports, they literally think, Where's the cannon? Or the top planner, Where's the cannon? And you'll see the scion or whatever trying and, to try and find that cannon, prevent that cannon from getting the flank. They're not just randomly stumbling into that. They've primed their mental stack. They know that cannon is the main threat. So their job is to push the cannon away and prevent the, getting, the cannon from getting into the flank. That decision is not just made on the fly. That decision is already, that they've already planted that seed in their brain in the, in the low states mm. when they're able to think about what their job is in the game. Mm. You're, when, when we're in mid to late game, guys, you, you, you always have a role. You have a job. This is the significance of identifying your job because people think like, what does that actually do? What does identifying your role in your job actually do? It manifests in the way you skirmish. And same, this Zinzao probably did the same thing. This Zinzao knew that they're probably not going to win the to one front role. Back. I'm he had killing the And so, if you actually look it's, at this if, through Zinzao's perspective, this is super it, smart.
1: And for Zinzao as well, it's his only thing to do in this fight. Yeah, that's right. He can't kill the Nastasis. He can't kill the Javan. He can't kill. There's no point killing the Thrash. He can't kill the Nari. His only person, it's the only way they win their fight is Zinzab. The on only
2: that. way, exactly. If, if, if Zinzab does not get on that Jinx, they lose that yeah, fight. Yeah,
1: and, and it's important to note, you know, we can talk about, you know, waves and all that sort of stuff, but yeah, skirmishing and team fighting is so important for the game, um, knowing your role in the fights. And, and a bit, that, I've been focusing about, a lot on that. Uh, in my recent reviews, especially with some of the champs like that are really, you know, like Hecker and Wukong, like these type of champs. But, you know, it's great to see here with Zin Zhao, which is technically more of an early game jungler, still is changed the game. Changed the game. Like, hardcore they won the game. game. Yeah. yeah.
2: They won the game. Um, literally won the game off this yeah. play. And <laughs>
1: whenever I have better more success with Rek'Sai, guess what happens to be? It's when I'm actually thinking about my role hardcore, my job in the mid-game, like game Because I yeah. solo lose my team so many games with Rek'Sai because I just didn't... Like, my roles was yeah not clearly defined i sort of had an idea but i'll get distracted in a fight it's like oh i'm gonna just kill this person real quick my prowlers call called alt and then suddenly i lose the fight because i didn't go to the right target and this
2: is champ mastery guys yes you can't think about the game holistically if you don't have champ mastery if you have champ mastery and you don't you don't have to think about controlling your character you can think what do i need to do based off my past experiences what gives me the most success in games like this
1: yeah really good example Let's. Uh, that's the takeaway from Curtis's clips here. Let's level up our uh, skirmishing team, you priming
2: your mental stack
1: in the lull states. That's right. All right, mailbag time, Curtis. Yep. Away we go. jingle, jingle, jingle song. All righty then. Our first question comes from Annie Crit. Title of this email is mid-game and flex Q questions. Hello, Coach and Nathan. I recently discovered your podcast and it's perfect for my Monday commute in LA traffic to and from work. You're providing the community with an excellent service with this podcast. I was an average gold player, maining in whatever champion I fancied or thought was overpowered. For the longest time, I would blame my teammates and rationalize my decision-making as superior to others. A large part of this was because I was on a semi-professional donor team back in my university days in Asia. I discovered your podcast in December of 2022. A lot has changed since then. I started making victim Victor Mid and working on a single fundamental on a weekly basis." This has made laning phase simple, although I'm playing against Golds and Plats, many of whom will champion.gg Victor counters and lose lane to me as their mental stack is focused on their champion and not laning. What a great analysis. That is Love absolutely it. spot on. That's exactly what's happening. Yep. I have two main questions concerning League. The first is about the mid-game. I find that I'm completing my core items faster than my lane opponent, allowing me to stat check them out of lane and take first tower. My Achilles heel is the mid-game. Uh, Curtis has mentioned that you play to your champion's identity. I feel like Victor is a control mage that plays front to back, providing burst damage and zone control for your team. On a recent podcast, you also mentioned how most coaches do not coach in mid-game as well as the early game fundamentals. Could the BBC Universe get a mid-game only episode relevant to Season 13? We do actually have a mid-game episode. We talked about it. Mid-game fundamentals recently, a couple of weeks ago. There's like a thumbnail on YouTube of me like pointing... um, pointing at like a pyramid scheme <laughs> <laughs> that's what our editor did for the thumbnail <laughs> oh, so that's his first question here Curtis, about yeah. about this okay. so you know is he, is he correct with the victor being a front to back burst mage zone control okay what do we do for so mid game
2: there is just a, f- a handful of concepts that you need to understand then you kind of apply them every game in some in, to differing degrees, right? So essentially what you're balancing when you're playing Victor in the mid game is, you know, how do I maximize farm? It's like a trade-off, like farm versus being there for fights, right? And so every game you're in is going to have a, a differing degree of Game pace. Some are going to be very fast, so you're not really going to have many opportunities to shove the wave and then group because there's so many fights happening. And then there are going to be other games that are very slow, in which case you can probably, and the enemy have limited engage. It's a low threat composition. You have a lot of control over them, a lot of vision, a lot of safety, such so that you can shove out the side deep, then shove and move. So you're always shoving and moving right? Shoving out of side and then grouping in some way, shape, or form just to differing degrees. And so over time, let's say you're pushing, you know, you're trying, you're getting a bit uncomfortable because you're climbing and you're maybe getting into plat games now. Game pace might pick up a little bit. That's typically what most goal players say when they get to plat. The game pace goes up. And so what you need to do is in your reviews, start going over the situations where, oh, there's a fight and I wasn't there. Hmm. Why was I not there? Is there was there a way that of me knowing that a fight was going to happen there? What were the signs? Great question. I,
1: I say that question all the time in my reviews.
2: And, and so basically what you're looking for is, oh, does the enemy have a lot of engage? Is my team posturing aggressively? um was there in it could i have been at that objective earlier to get a little bit of control you know essentially what you're looking for is what the signs are that the fight is going to happen and then and over time as you start really familiarizing yourself with those signs you start to read the patterns you're going to get better at identifying when you need to be there what how many sideways you can get away with and how many sideways you can't get away with because you can't afford to get to fights late as victor that's one of the fundamentals with victor you're spot on you play for zone control front to back team fights but you're not a cleanup crew champion. You don't want to come into the team fight late and try to clean up all the low targets. You want to be there from the start, poking down with lasers and then making them come into you and doing maximum damage over the course of the, of the team fight. So that's a very, very important skill. Uh, and a huge part of that actually, and, and what will help you with your mid game is that in your low states, direct a lot of attention to your teammates location. What is your jungler doing? Where are they? Where where is your team on the map and where are they kind of positioning? How are they what are they looking to do? I
1: say in the mid-game, it's actually more important to know where your team is and the enemy team. That's the thing That's to right. actually focus on.
2: Spot on. And so between that idea of kind of shoving sides and moving and then being aware of your teammates' location and then assessing how fast the game pace is, you can have a pretty good idea of where to be on the map. Um and then the only thing the only other thing I would say here is is play around with communication. Experiment with it. You know, differing elo brackets and different games and different servers are more receptive to pings and, and, and pings We're just going through about pings here so so let's say you're coming out of base and we're 25 minutes in the game and let's say you you really don't want anything to happen right now at topside because you're like 300 gold away from your shadow flame so you have a choice to make you can go straight to the fight and say look i i i, I just don't trust my team I, I i don't i don't think they're gonna not, I don't think they're going to wait for me to go to bot lane, shove out a wave, reset, get my shadow flame. In which case you're just going to have to suck it up and you're going to have to go and group with the team and do what you need to do. But then there are other games where like, you might be able to ping, you know, in advance, way in advance, you know, danger, danger, wait my, just type in chat as well. Wait my, ping your goal, wait my shadow, flame, wait my item. And then you go bot, just ping danger, danger on top side of ping them and then make it very clear via your communication and typing and, uh, pings that you just want to pick up one more way so that's an example of how you can use communication to influence your team's decisions and so play around with that not everyone's going to be the most receptive but i I, again i urge you to experiment with communication in some way shape or form and the last piece of advice is be ready to adapt right you're going to be in a wide variety of games sometimes you are going to have to actively make sacrifices you are going to have to you know fight earlier than you would want to you are going to have to um you know, uh, share XP mid, maybe longer than you would want to. Sometimes you got to do just based off the the threat of the enemy comp and how fast the game pace is. Yeah,
1: they're my main points. I have nothing more to add. Curtis is the victor player here. Sounds good to me. The other question he has here is about um, FlexQ. How do I get um So the people that he plays flex queue with, how do I get them to buy into the concepts you both talk about on the podcast? I feel like there's a lot of blaming the bot duo in my flex queue games. When the common demo- domin- denominator in all three of our games is the three of us, so it seems like he plays with, uh, you know, him and two other friends, and they at the top side of the map, and they have a duo bot lane. One of was our favorite saying on this podcast, Curtis. So you can lead a horse to water, but you can't force it to drink. You know, they might... We always say, you know, some people actually just enjoy the game of just blaming their teammates. They just... They'd rather live in the fantasy world of they're really good at the game, they're really talented, and it's their teammates that are losing them the game. Um, you know, they you got to have a conversation. like, what do we want to get? Do we actually want to improve? Like, if they don't want to improve, then who cares about the concepts on this podcast? I, I, I really
2: think it's, it's, it's simple. I think there is only two ways you can do it. Okay? <laughs> they... They hit rock bottom and they are desperate and they really want to improve. And like, like they've gotten to a point where they just like nothing I've done is what they've done has worked and they just, they need, they need something, right? So then you come in like, all right, well, I've waited for you guys to hit rock bottom. I've waited for you guys to come to me and actually ask. Now that you mention it, I know that here is an episode that might lead you in the right direction. There's that. Or what I think the the thing that you can actively do now is you influence through your actions, Actions speak louder Absolutely. than words. You can
1: sit there and have a conversation saying, "We should all improve." Yay! Let's get together. I've been listening to this mm. podcast. Let's all do this.
2: So or the way you, you do that do, is just get yeah, better actions. at the game. You actively get better at the game. They're going to see you like, oh my god, this guy's actually holy shit. The way he's talking about the game, the way he's like, the, the, the way you're like asking high quality questions, like when they when they die, or in the, when you guys are maybe reviewing or whatever, or you ask like, did you review or? This is what I saw them for. What did you guys think about that? Or what would, what do you think would have happened if you if we actually went through mid first and rather than through bottom? Whatever there might be, you're just asking high quality questions, and then you you can actually influence them by asking high quality questions because they're going to notice you. Like, oh shit, that's actually really interesting. I never would have thought that. And even though they may not vocalize that at the start, over time, over a long period of time, you keep asking high quality questions and and show through your reactions that you are a. Uh, you've got a growth mindset and you're really trying to improve and get better at the game, that's going to wear on them over time. And especially when you start to build success in solo queue and start to get results in solo queue, are like, oh, this guy actually knows what he's talking about. And they're going to give you more credit, you know, and, and trust you a
1: little bit more. So I would say that's the best way to go about it. When you're saying, it's not my bot lane's fault in this this game, they'll listen to you, the more inclined, it's like, oh, maybe he must be right. He's the much better player than than, than us. Um, yeah, I think that's definitely good advice there, Curtis. Our next one here comes from Anton. The title of this email is, what is a clear reference point? Hello, Coach Curtis, Nathan Mott, and BBC listeners. I have a basic question. What do you mean with a reference point? What is a clear reference point? In a couple of episodes, you talked about the importance of having a clear reference point, especially for a beginner player. Um, You explained the reference point as a North Star. If I put it in my own words, do you mean that you need to know what the ideal scenario is in a lot of the different game situ- situations does Annie Aurelian, Sol and Melzar have a clear reference point because their ideal scenario is the same in every game and does a champ like Silas have an unclear reference point because the ideal scenario depends on the champions that the enemies are playing can I compare it to a chess principle advice that is commonly given are the opening principles fight for the center develop your pieces safely bring your king to safety connect the rooks is this an example of a clear reference point how do you make these reference points on your own the reason why I ask these questions is because I don't know if I'm understanding this right.
2: I think you've got a pretty good read on it. Uh, you know, I, I would agree with those chess. I mean, I don't play chess, but they sound great. They sound like solid reference points. I mean, there's always ways to break the yep. rules, but the, it is a good overarching thing to think about. And 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 so... so you know there are many reference points there are high level reference points so <clears throat> i'll give you an example of a high level reference point in in my mid lane school for the blow goal program we do champ guides for champions um and and tim makes these amazing champ guides and we have a slide or a whole lesson on like the mindset of a particular champion and so one of them is i remember off the top of my head uh seraphine seraphine mid and how you're like a like a tower or it was a Lux or so. One of them is like, you're a tower. Imagine I like, like how a tower, like mm-hmm. you want people to, you don't really move you very immobile, but you do a lot of damage. And so like, so that's like a mindset. It's a way of thinking, oh, like if I visualize, okay, my my is kind of like a tower. I don't really have that much mobility, but if I'm in a position and they come to me, I'm able to do a lot of work. I can stand my ground well, things like that. Um, it It gives you, I guess a way of kind of thinking about your champion at a high level and then there's more specific reference points like my champion likes to fight in choke points or my champion likes to play fights front to back or you get even more granular. my champion really thrives off level six, needs ultimate or my champion, uh, needs lost chapter things like that. So you can have item reference points, level reference points, mindset reference points. More like how that champion team fights and likes to fight reference points. There's all different. These are all kind of types of reference points. Um, and the and the question is like, how do you find these out? Well, um, get inspiration. Like watch champ, people. There's a lot of great educational content. If you play a champion, I'm sure there's a champ guide or someone talking about that champion on, on YouTube. Um, watching a one-trick and maybe asking them a question. If you watch a one-trick stream, um, what do they think about that? How do they think about the champion? What are they trying to do in the early game? Just scour the web. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of players, one-tricks everywhere. Um, you have the luxury
1: yeah. in League. You don't have to come up with stuff yourself. You get, it's all information is out there. You just got to find it. You just
2: got to find it. And you might have to scour through the shitty content, but you, you'll find there will be stuff out there. But yes, that, that is a great... And you can even a lot of the time gather it from your own experiences. Like when you play Malzahar, does it feel good to flank? Does it feel good to to um, try and tr- heavy trade pre lost chapter? Does it feel good to try and skirmish a lot in the early game?
1: The game will give you very clear feedback in situations, team fights, and you
2: can you can intuit a lot of it just by getting a bunch of games in. Now it do- it won't be exactly accurate, and every time you play and you think and you're curious you'll sharpen it over time. But yeah, if you want to do it on your own, that's how i do it. Just be curious and just listen to your your intuition. It will give you a good sign anyway. Yep. What about for jungle? Like what are some reference, well, how do you think of reference points for junglers?
1: Well, I like that he did here. We categorized into the different champions, like Annie Rowland, so Miles will mm-hmm. have clear reference points versus Silas. Yeah. Silas can do so much in a fight, right? You know, that's like, do I hit my, do I go in? How do I hit my E? Like who am I ulti- taking my ult from? You know, champs with really unclear reference points because you can do so much, you're so versatile, and they're very hard to coach. Is champs like Kindred, Graves, Nidalee, these champs that don't really have CC, are like more pure ch- damage champions. If you actually find the champions that don't have good reference points, they typically champs that just have pure damage, they have no utility. Do you find that as well for mid? Like, think about Yasuo, Katarina... You can play yes and sort of No, yes. I mean like, well, this still is reference points. Because
2: when I think of like an Akali, like you still have pretty clear reference yeah, points.
1: Yeah, like you know, your assassin kill the squishy chance. Yeah,
2: and you have clear spikes and stuff. Like, but I yes, it is, I would say, with champions with hard CC and lot, like big those big cooldowns, they typically have clearer reference points. I would agree with that. Yeah.
1: <clears throat> yeah, so that's the way I'll sort of define it is that you have more options. Um, and that the the amount of options you have is very high because then you need to sort of be breaking down the game at a very high level which of those options is best I mean again you need way more experience which is why these champs should be playing with better players like I've, I've talked about the example before of um um a Nidalee player in my soul too and he you know was gold for ages and then you know I, I just review these situations I'm like like I need to like break down how to hit this spear out of vision get really creative like this stuff is really advanced stuff like you know, the the amount of intuition because you also need to know all the threat on the enemy team. You need to be fully aware, sort of like, you know, you sort of like need your team more so maybe in those sort of situations. So like when it's like, okay, I play Wukong, I can just kill shit on my own. I just got to do a full combo. I got to, you know, I either just hard engage on their squishy champs or I'm letting them go in first and I come from a flank and clean up. Like, you know, it's much easier to review those situations rather than when we're reviewing Italy. he doesn't even know what's a good fight and a bad fight for that champion because it changes so, it's so dynamic. That's sort of the way I sort of define it. All right. And we'll do one more question here. This one here is from uh Sean. Title this email is Imposter Syndrome. Dear Nathan and Curtis, I have a big predicament. I'm about 2,000 games into my league journey and I still don't have a main role. This might sound pretty insane, but I've struggled with a lot of narratives that have pushed me from role to role and I'm finally at the point where I need to pick either one or completely change my relationship with the game to just a casual one. Out of all the roles I like mid the best, I'm excited about Jungle. I'm most comfortable in ADC and I'm best at support. I think looking at myself impartially, I probably make for a good support since I really excel at it, but I don't like having that little agency. Sometimes the XP deficiency can be absolutely exasperating. Each role has its pluses and minuses, but I have always aspired to be a mid laner. The biggest problem I have though is the fact that I have really bad imposter syndrome associated with queuing up and playing mid since it's the most popular position I constantly assume every other player on my team wishes they had been placed mid and that every single second of my game will be judged and analyzed from the perspective of, oh, I would have done better. I would have been more aggressive, etc." This leads me to believe that I don't deserve to play mid and that I should just play ADC and support. I already mute all, so I am just not sure what to do next. I constantly go through cycles of Buckling down and playing mid blocks for a week or two before my anxiety becomes too much and I relapse back to the comfort roles. This environment has led me to be less and less effective in my stints at mid, as you can imagine. The first half of this season has been spent learning jungle, but now I am at 220 games in and I feel more lost than I feel like I should at this stage. And I've once again relapsed back into the ADC support. My first 150 jungle games were an absolute blast. And that's the honeymoon phase, isn't it, there, Curtis? And I was able to really feel like I had a gra- good grasp of what to do, intuition wise. And I didn't think about playing any other role. But now that the initial honeymoon period has worn off, I feel completely lost in the mid game, uh, or a teammate doesn't, or if a teammate doesn't pop off, I'm worried that I lack a natural instinct for the role that if I had it in me it would have appeared by now. It becomes so bad in the last month I could barely go with three block without flipping to a different account and it becomes so much I had to take a couple weeks off and play Jedi Survivor. Now that I am back from my break, I guess my question is, should I try pushing through my mid lane anxiety? Is there a brighter dawn on the horizon for jungle or should I stick with ADC support and have less agency? All right, so my answer to this question here is really simple. I love people to double down on what they're good at in League of Legends. Uh, anytime everyone comes to me, it's like uh, unless it—I I don't actually know what his champ is in support. Now that I actually think about it, um, maybe he's playing champs that. I mean, again, still you, you still do your job, you have your role. I'm just trying to think of support champs that are hard to so climb. You just think
2: he should play what he's best at now, which is yeah,
1: best what he's best at, um, and because what I what I really want in people in the League of Legends is. Double down on what you're already good at because you've already built all this muscle memory neur- neuron patterns, and you've got the tre- tread down. Otherwise, you have to like develop and spend a lot of time on that. And you, again, you don't even really know if he's actually, you know, going to really enjoy the lane. Sorry, mid lane. Um, double down, get to a higher rank. That allows you to have a better understanding of the game. You will be versing players with better mechanics. Your mechanics will naturally improve because you're against better players that are pushing your mechanics. And then that will, and then you can expand after that. So, yeah, don't go on some crazy tangent of you know playing a whole new role. If you're best to support, double down on it, get into the details, have fun.
2: Yeah, I mean, I totally see where you're coming from,
1: but I just disagree with you fully. It's like the the careers counselor at like school. That's like you know what are you good at it's like yeah i'm i do um i do art class it's like oh you should go into some like creative field or well, i'm in maths so you should go to engineering that's like i'm like as a, guess it's the safe i guess i'm playing it safe here that's what i'll say it's a safe option
2: okay I'll, I'll pose you a question here though do you do you think is, okay we don't know but is it a possibility that he's only performing better on support because he feels less anxious
1: yeah. It's a possibility. We don't know.
2: It might, maybe not, but maybe. You know, going back to episodes, we spoke about the solo queue anxiety cycle, right? And one of the things was, is is avoidance, right? So when you're anxious, we naturally want to avoid what's making us anxious. So the problem here is that if he go, in my opinion, if he goes down the support rabbit hole, he's building so much, he'll build more anxiety for when he, he'll never be able to go back to mid in my opinion, or not never, but it'll be so much harder then this if you just avoiding. bit the bullet now mm. and just pl- face these, his fears, and because it seems to me the way I interpreted that email was that he loves mid. That seems like he, it seems like his intuition, his 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 mind is telling him play mid, but then he's like, he gets a- overwhelmed by anxiety. Cause he's like, he's in the middle of the map. It's the most popular role, whatever. But I just feel like ignoring that anxiety is just a recipe for disaster in the long run. And I think, by avoiding that for a long period of time, you're gonna build up a shit ton of anxiety, and it's just gonna it's gonna limit his options. I feel mm-hmm. like further in the future, because even if he wants to expand, it will be harder, because that will like his identity will be that that guy that isn't good
1: enough for mid, mm-hmm. and that Plus I'm just the, the support guy. Yeah. Like his identity will be so pigeonholed. There's no, there's no. I, tri- I don't think that's that fine. I, that's my identity. I would. I'm never be a I've doubled down. I played Yeah, jungle no, but you picked away.
2: the role. You didn't you didn't pick jungle because you were anxious about playing another lane. You played jungle because you wanted to play jungle. You yeah, just that's gravitated right.
1: toward jungle. That's, I guess that might be a bit different. I wasn't like sitting there bouncing. I was like, yeah, love the idea it's of It's not like you said,
2: oh, I would, I actually would want to play mid. I enjoy mid, but oh, I'm just really anxious what everyone thinks of me if I play mid. You didn't ever think that. No. you just like, I, I love Udia, It makes sense in the jungle. I love running around the map and being tanky. So it makes sense to be jungler. Yeah. You, never, you So you know, your situation is very different. So like my personal take is that he should face his fears, suck it up, have a crack, and lose a bunch of games as a mid laner. Yeah. That's what I think. I you'll think...
1: get... If you keep attacking the problem, you'll eventually get over that anxiety. It will disappear. You
2: know, I, and we say this a lot, and I I, I totally empathize, because I, I can... I actually felt like this back in the day when I was playing Dota. Like, when I was playing Dota casually, when I would go mid, I would feel like kind of imposter syndrome as well. It's like mid, I'm in the middle of the map. I should be roaming this. Everyone's so much better than me. Like just put me on pudge on top lane, on off, off lane or whatever. And I'll you just sort of
1: like, don't want to be a nuisance. Yeah. And, yeah. I don't
2: want to be a nuisance. Yeah. And that's such a bad mindset. Yeah. And and so, you know, like the, the reality is that that's what, you know, no one really gives a fuck. Like they, they, in the moment they'll sound like they give a fuck, but no one really gives a fuck. And you're not going to see the same players ever again. And so, the solo queue is the dojo, right? And you're gonna get on un- you're gonna be uncomfortable. There's no doubt you're gonna lose a lot of games at the start. But it's not like you're stuck there forever. You're gonna get better, you're gonna develop comfortability, you're gonna get into the, the details, develop that champ mastery, maybe understand your matchups a little bit better. Before you know it, maybe two weeks in, three weeks in, four weeks in, five weeks in, getting consistent blocks. Okay, maybe I'm not so anxious anymore. I kind of know what to do with my waves. I, I'm getting better at my trading patterns, and then you develop a little bit of confidence here and there. And over time, you'll just get it. But that the, you cannot run away from that fear. You can't run away from that anxiety. And 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 as as kind of shitty advice as it sounds, there is an element of you just got to suck it up, and. Um, you're not that special. No one really cares. A, that's why I frame it in my mind. It's like, I'm not that special. No one really cares about me here. I'm on my own journey. And I'm not going to apologize for other people for learning, for trying. Never apologize yeah. for anyone to tr- for try. Never feel bad to try and fail.
1: I know what you're saying. Never apologize in your ranked games. I hate it when people say, oh, sorry, in the game. Just, just own your mistakes. Just straight up lose the game. Get flamed. Don't feel yeah, like you need to defend yourself from your, your bad gameplay dude embrace it embrace
2: it that's right and so just dick around fail when i mean dick around just get those games in essentially even if they are lower intensity face your fears and i guarantee you you will build that i i, I fully believe in your ability to build that muscle memory and be a good quality mid laner with time you get my seal of approval here
1: I guess the 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 fact that he's writing in that email, he sort of wants permission to go. Miss. That's what in I a think way. So as well. Like, yeah, at the end of the day, you're probably right. You just delaying the inevitable. You're gonna, even if you were to go, I guess, with down the support rabbit hole and stuff, you're just gonna have regrets, obviously. Yeah, you know? and
2: he's gonna want to swap back in the future. That's that's my hunch yeah, anyway. You gotta I you gotta guess go you with gotta, what gives you the most satisfaction and the most fun, really. Yeah what do you love what do you genuinely love your intuition don't think you shouldn't think about the role it's like what feels good to play what do I want to play yeah. you want to play mid I can just from the way he's writing that, mm-hmm. center, that's mm-hmm. that email right and so you know you don't even have to do this in ranked play norms do this all normal games you can build a shit ton of, you can build a lot of mastery in normal games if you don't want to, and then jump into flex you can build a lot of this mastery and comfortability in your normal games and you games and then jump into ranked but then then, then into way you know 30-40 ranked games who gives a shit it's going to happen. It's inevitable. Right, right, right off a few months. League's not going anywhere. This is the start of your journey. And trust me, you will thank yourself later for this. Because then, six months down the line, you're a competent mid-laner on your champion. You'll be like, yes, I'm so glad I went down this path.
1: But it will be a, a tough journey
2: at the start. Yep.
1: All right. I guess Go to sort of convince me more to, to that <laughs> that end bit.
2: No, but... I'm, 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 and, and again, this is my my opinion. There is, there is a lot of...
1: Because what happens if he realise he hasn't really gotten into the mid lane? He's like, okay, his role actually not for me. Then we go there. He goes another 300 That's hands.
2: right. So, so yeah, I think if you, you know, going to support is the easiest to execute option because you know that's what you're probably got more competence on right now. It's a little bit safer. It's a safer bet. Um, again, you should weigh up your options. I mean, Nathan's got I, I'm, take, always, got I'm always convinced
1: takes. you can really if you get into the details with something really try and prove it. You, you can become so much fun. Like I, I do think that. And because yeah. every, every role has so many different ways to play it. Like, you know, like there's something for everyone. That's the great thing about League of Legends. Like if you want to play hardcore carry support, you know, you've got champs like Pike and, you know, Karma and stuff like that, where you can literally just... Zerath. You know, They're Zerath. Like Zerath. You yeah. Zerath yeah. like, I and When I initially, um, when I first started playing support, uh, this was when I, ages ago, when I came back into the game, I played Karma to Diamond 2, just Karma only support. Just hard carried every game, with like at a 70% win rate but I just started learning support and that was super fun. You know, like these, the, 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 it's, it's available for you, these type of champs. All right. Well, that's it for our episode today. Good work, guys. I don't think we have anything else to mention at the end of this episode and we'll see you next week.